So we have two vaccines that are really quite effective. The mRNA vaccine, highly effective, extraordinarily efficacious, 94 to 95 percent for mild to moderate disease and virtually 100 percent efficacious. Because the real world effectiveness is even more impressive than the results of the clinical trial. show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours monday january 17th 2021 thank you for joining me today i love that clip for so many different reasons i mean obviously there's an an, an excuse and what they would tell you why how, how do you explain that right they would tell you this is why it all makes sense but the interesting thing to not miss, and is not to say that those excuses aren't completely ridiculous, but what's important not to miss is that that's discussing Delta. Remember, all those studies and all the evolu, and some of them before Delta, but Delta is what that's discussing. We were at a point where they were going, oh, it's not really as effective. That's why you need the next one. And now, as they're claiming Omicron's the reason the boosters don't work, they're going, just need the next one. But Delta was good. Delta was good. Alpha was good. That's not true. Just like every other factor of this analogy or this uh, uh, agenda, they are openly lying to you. The data is right there for you to look at. It was not working. It hadn't been working before Delta. That's why these boosters and discussions kept going forward. That's not how this is supposed to work. But they're lying to you like so many other parts. But we have a really important and powerful show ready for you today. One of the most important parts of this, I really thought this was this, and this is a Newsweek article, but I saw it on the Defender. Over a third of vaxxed Americans 
according to their own poll, that they're the ones putting this information forward. And again, this includes the caveat of whether they actually had COVID or not, or just had a vaccine side effect, or just got told they were sick, but that a third of vaxxed Americans got COVID, so they're told, or so they said, after getting the injection. I mean, it's just, I mean, this speaks to the idea of what's actually spreading it, if, if you believe this is really what's happening. The argument about the pandemic and who's spreading and continuing the pandemic it's pretty obvious to see that the transmission is how that works. So if the predominant, if the majority of people that are spreading and catching this are the vaccinated, even if they're less affected, which I don't agree with, the data doesn't back that up. It still shows you that it's a pandemic of the injected. That's why this is all beginning to fall apart in front of you. They're, I, I don't know if this is part of the plan or however you want to look at this, but right now we're watching this roll back. It's quite in, incredible. I mean, the best part of this, and I mean best, and it's entertaining to watch, is those people stuck in the middle, the 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 mindless talking heads on the mainstream media that thought they knew what was going on until suddenly everything shifted back. And now they're the ones going, wait a minute. They're the ones that act like they're in the know and they have no idea what's going on. They're the ones that are having the hardest time with this. They're the ones that are right now, we're watching this outstandingly entertaining mental gymnastics of them trying to pretend like they were always right while being wrong and simultaneously arguing that we're always been wrong, even though we've been right since the beginning. It's it's incredible. But a lot other a lot of other important conversations about myocarditis, a really important one in regard to ivermectin and specifically India, and a interesting time correlation around when things were given and when things were taken away and what that shows you today and an interesting spike. Now, collapsing athletes and a couple of other important things we're going to dive into today. Please stay tuned till the end as always, because there's some pretty important things and little nuggets in there that don't always get included in the title, even though they do find their way onto other shows and hopefully they will continue to be discussed. But let's start off with something right out of the gate that I think is really interesting and really important. Now, this I first saw this from James the Count here. He's a former British member of parliament, head of the ONS, previous, excuse me, head of the ONS, the Office for National Statistics. So, you know, somebody who you would argue in the mainstream context is somebody who they would support or, you know, somebody that has clout in their eyes. Now, this is interesting because this is a, a report that he's saying he's just spoken with the person on this phone and the person who recorded this. And that more is to come. So we'll follow up when we hear more coming. But I want you to listen to this phone conversation because I, too, have heard similar things coming from people inside my circles. People talking to doctors who are willing to say things to them off the record that they won't say publicly. Actually, you know what? Here's an interesting way to start this. At, well, no, let's play this first and I'll play a clip afterward. It'll, it'll resonate with this quite, quite effectively. You probably know which one I'm thinking about. Now, let's play this clip. And as you can see, the, 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 pref the uh, tweet itself says, a 111, which I believe is, you know, uh, well, just let's say a call to an out-of-hours out doctor in, in the UK when diagnosing this woman with an adverse reaction over the phone. The doctor advises against taking any more injections and explains that she believes that they're about to be pulled. Now, of course, this could be her opinion. She could be wrong. She could be lying. She could be a thousand other things that could be happening. But I think it's pretty obvious that there's a lot of people who are watching this happen who see this happening, a doctor's on the inside who may have inside information. Either way, this is just simply representative of how obviously this is shifting gears. And, it, and it's in a way that that is quite alarming based on how we've seen things go before this. Now, let's see. You know, that's very frustrating. <laughs> I was, I'm like a thousand percent positive. I, I say this every time. I apologize. Let me grab this really quickly. I want to play this. Not 
over the microphone just to make sure that you guys hear this entirely. I'm I'm actually sure that I did download this, but I don't believe I'm recognizing the, the thumbnail as I grab this right now. But this is, as I'm grabbing it, an important clip of the woman speaking to her doctor and the doctor point blank saying, actually, well, what's interesting is she kind of goes back and forth. You could, you can tell that she doesn't really want to be saying this. Like, I think it's interesting. Yeah. See, I knew I had, I have it. I could tell by the one after it. Apologize for the delay. <laughs> I just couldn't find it. All right. Let's watch it. That she it seems that she's at the least very reluctant to say what she's saying here. Um, people whose um, immunity is intact, um, apparently that's enough. Okay. Okay, so, should, yeah, so I'll just, sorry, just to make sure, so you, you think I shouldn't have any more vaccines then? If you ask me, this is, this would be my advice, but, yeah. Okay. And is that just because you don't think any like anyone should have that vaccine at a young age, or is that because you medically I shouldn't have it because of my because head? Medically, medically, uh, I mean there is very much, as I said to you, there is a lot of information coming up now which was not available earlier, and very soon all of the vaccines will be completely stopped. Oh, okay. This is information that has just really come up. It's you won't hear it on TV for a while, probably, because oh, it's a long story, but um, yeah, so okay. very soon we'll stop all of these vaccines. People don't know, but um, they are not, yeah. So, okay. And, and, Make sure you guys, oh, it looks like, okay, there we go. So <clears throat> I just want to pause it for a quick second. So far, it's very clear she's being reluctant. She's very reluctant to get into this, to talk about this stuff, to even go any deeper than saying what she's saying. But it's clear that, you know, if she's being honest, that she thinks she's got inside information into whether or not this is going to be pulled, the whole injection, and telling her, no, you shouldn't get another one. That's really interesting to me that there's this is it, this is a doctor who is afraid to say this publicly and telling her patients not to get more injections. But here's where it gets more interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. And okay. should I be worried about my head at all? Just leave it. No, I don't think so. No, I, don't, I really don't think you should be worried about your head. No. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. But any, any, no, you know, any sweat, fever, pain, lamps don't, lamps. Uh, that don't get better. Yeah. Yeah, or more to come up, or uh, pain, legging pain in the legs. So. Right, so you know what she's describing, right? Lumps, fever, <clears throat> pains in the legs. She's saying you're, blood clots, heart attack stuff. Right. All these things we've been hearing about. If you've got these symptoms of things like the things like Dr. Bhakti had told you about eight months ago and said, if you have a headache or a pain in your leg, rush to the doctor because you might have a blood clot. Yeah, well, we're beginning to see that come out quite clearly. Even these doctors are saying this. Or swelling, 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you probably, if you if you love your GP, your GP might probably say yes, get the vaccines because when you know information does come, but it's very difficult when um, when uh, you know. I mean, it's not available everywhere. Then she's speaking about the fact of the community not available. Now, what's interesting, I, I said something while I had my audio off, is that what she's discussing about the news, that was the other point I said, and I forgot to reiterate it when, I, when you guys lost my sound there for a minute, is that she's simply telling you, she's telling you this, you won't hear it on the news. I know this, we know this, but you probably won't hear it on the news until a while later. Think about how interesting that is and alarming. There's a, just picture this flow of information where you as the average individual who, by the way, is supposed, who is painted by the government as the most important part of this whole structure where they can't do anything without your say so and you vote and they just, and you decide and they just do what you constituents will BS. <laughs> they're rolling stuff out in real time and then they're telling doctors and people find this stuff out. They only trickle this out to you peons out there and me included. When they, exp- they want you to know so they can dictate how that goes forward in your perception of it. You don't matter to them. That's what's important to see. Think about how alarming that is. You won't, you, you guys won't know this for a couple more weeks while you're all still taking the shots that are dangerous. Yeah. That's incredible. Okay. This way. Okay. Sorry. Could I just ask you? So my sister's actually due to go and get her booster tomorrow. She's only 22. No. So should I say? Please, t- no. Please, no. Okay. That's wow. Sorry, could I just ask you? So my sister's actually due to go and get her booster tomorrow. She's only twenty-two. No, so should I say? Please, t- no, absolutely not. Okay. Does not need it. Please, no. Okay. Wow. Okay. Please, no. Please, no. She says, absolutely not. <laughs> That's incredible. So this is. And actually, here's the Facebook page with the actual call. Uh, Chelsea Harmon, I, I made this available to share. I mean, this is uh, by everything I've done. This seems entirely legitimate and I'm waiting to see James follow up with more information. Guys, I, I just, I've, this is at the very least is absolutely tied in with what we see happening right now in real time and backed up by things I'm hearing from other doctors, you know, not to mention the other tens of thousands of doctors who have been saying that since day one, you know, totally ties into that. But those are all fake news, anti-science conspiracy theories, Right. Well, it's beginning to be increasingly hard. It, crying out loud. It's been increasingly hard to make that argument since day five when a bunch of other experts in high... I mean, come on. This is getting outrageous. Now, here's Dr. Asim Malhotra saying, my biggest fear now is that it's going to get violent. When the truth comes out, we must all do all, we must do all we can to stop that and show compassion. And I agree with this compassion to those who got it very, very wrong. Now, of course, it depends on what kind of wrong we're talking about. I'm not talking wrong as in the government and are actually wrong, lying, manipulating, stealing, and pretending they're wrong, incompetent instead of criminal. I'm talking about the average person. And this includes independent media, includes anybody out there who just got snowed, whether they should have known better or not, because they were scared. We should show compassion to people who got it very, very wrong. Doesn't mean you shouldn't go forward, question their logic, their critical thinking skills, but don't blame the certain, every, not everybody is at fault for what happened here. We know how well and how long they've planned these kind of manipulations. This is not individual failure, but that of a corrupted system that needs to be dismantled and rebuilt together. Now, here's an interesting point to make. This is something we almost all can agree on, but it begins to feel dangerously like we're talking about, I don't know, a great reset. Right. So we have to understand that this is also going to be conflated that way. We shouldn't be resistant to change. 
right? Because there's going to be a lot of people involved in this manipulation that come after people like us that are arguing we need to build something better, but not build back better together, great reset nonsense. Individually speaking, in your own individual life or your own county level, whatever you want to talk about, we need to make things better for you individually. This is what we're talking about with a greater reset. If you're at, This is why we need to pivot to something like that, an actual people's reset of what we think we need to do that's better for us individually and collectively going outward, not from the top down big difference. This is the same kind of thing about saying, you know, that sustainability is a bad thing because they use that word. That's crazy. In fact, that's ignorant. Sustainability is what we should have always been striving for, but they're not striving for sustainability. They're using buzzwords and striving for the opposite. You see the difference? That's really important to understand. So again, we need to think about how we can break down what they're doing and build this better individually from our own perspective. And as a collective, when it becomes the certain things that matter, like I think from a town level, I really, really think that strongly from your local, how about just in your court, (laughs) your little court area, your cul-de-sac, right? Make that your little community, make that where you build out from, like that's what we need to make better, right? So just that difference is important, but think about the, what he's painting there is this fear is everywhere. And I mean the fear about the people that think this is happening in the way that they're being told it is. Those people will get violent. When it comes to something where they feel they're being, I mean, or you could paint it the other way around as well. People that are very aware of how they're being attacked and suppressed and almost potentially physically put, I mean, arrested, attacked for having a different perspective. They might get violent in the sense that they feel they have to defend their rights, right? And all of this stuff is understandable within the context of knowing that everybody's being manipulated. So when this comes out as it is, we have to think about this. But the point really is that this is all de- this breaking down in front of us right now, everywhere. And we all need to start opening our minds to things that we might not otherwise have accepted, including people inside this discussion. We had a great, great interview with Taylor Hudak with Sam White. Doctors are being suppressed, censored, and attacked for telling the truth. And this is an incredible interview talking about mask mandates and mental health where they're trying to get him arrested as he's actually mentally insane. I mean, this is exactly what they're doing with everybody. Please watch this 45-minute interview. It is outstanding, and it supports everything we've been saying, including the fact that they've known before all of this, before all this started, and even way back before, I mean, back into the early, I mean, even pre-1980s, that masks did not do what they said they thought, what they're now saying that they do. They've never done that, and this is the reality that we're trying to hide today. Now, one last point on, on that interview, by the way, Dr. Sam White and lawyers are involved in what's, quote, the world's largest ever international criminal investigation, which they're saying is now underway. I just found this to be really relevant, seeing as he just got interviewed by Taylor Hudak, and this is shifting. Like, we're seeing action being taken, and this is what we have to think about. You can see people, RFK Jr. The point here is, guys, these people need to be held accountable just because they go, oh, suddenly you don't have to wear that kind of mask, but this one, which is still ridiculous, or how about we go, oh, we're grudgingly admitting the things that we've been censoring you for saying for two years as we've been forcing children and pregnant women and immunocompromised and everybody else to do this thing that's been dangerous. And now we're going, oh, you've been right, even though we won't admit that out loud. They don't just get to step away from this pretending like they shifted the directions. They're criminals. They put this on you. They destroyed your life. They forced this into your life and they need to go to jail for that. At the very least, people need to know that they're at fault. So it's great to see this happening. But legal action, I don't think, is the answer. That's just my personal opinion, but I 100% support what they're doing here to raise awareness. Now, a quick pivot into foreign policy before we jump into the pandemic of the illusion.
or p- pandemic of the injected illusion. What's incredible to me is that this is under the in the context of the biggest pandemic of a century. Like I've never want I don't forget about that. They're in every other place in in their narrative, in every other context. You're in the biggest pandemic of a century and don't get relaxed because it's right over new variants and new things and we're all in danger, right? Including, they would want you to think, the currently being starved population of Yemen. But then they continue to do stuff like this. Right. So Saudi Arabia doesn't care that they're literally depriving the starving already population of Yemen during what they say is the biggest pandemic of a century while they don't have this life-saving vaccines that they're telling you that everybody else should need, right? All this is their narrative. And then the oil company in Sanaa announced that the Saudi-led coalition, which involves the United States, prevented an oil tanker from entering the port of Hodeida. This is what we keep talking about. And it's not just oil. They've been starving them and burning food and destroying their food and water since the beginning of all of this. Never stopped. Still going. Talking about two years of pandemic. Let's talk about 10 years of an on- constant ongoing starvation campaign inside of Yemen. It's disgusting. But your government supports this while they're supposedly in the b- biggest pandemic of the century because that makes perfect sense, right? They're killing people. This is an active, a- this is action to punish and hurt and kill the people that did not do what they wanted. Has nothing to do with freedom, nothing to do with rights. It only has to do with control. Just like every other aspect that we're beginning to make very clear around COVID-19. Here's an interesting sidestep on, you know, where our government is going and always has been. And now because COVID-19, everything's just kind of no holds barred. Nothing's on, everything's on the table. FedEx proposing anti-missile lasers for planes. Of course, because that totally makes sense. This is, this is FedEx we're talking about. This is, this was published on the 14th of this year or this month, this year. FedEx. Right. So we're going to, first of all, just skip right over the fact that we don't really have an ongoing constant threat to FedEx planes. Now, what they're arguing is that they're flying over dangerous areas, right? They're, they're basically con- as they, which could allow it to continue flying over what? Oh, contested areas that might otherwise be closed to air traffic. Oh, great. So you're breaking the law, but they're bad guys. So we don't care about their law. Oh, I got it. And bad guys in meaning the people that we don't agree with, even though they're not technically bad guys, just you know, expressing their sovereignty and their control over their country. But, you know, they're, they're like Lebanese airspace. Who cares about that? We'll violate that every which day. That just like Israel does. Just think about how stupid that is. So we want anti-missile lasers to protect our planes as we fly over airspace. We're not supposed to fly over because we don't care what these other places think. This, I mean, that's a one small part of it. Either way, guys, FedEx planes with anti-missile lasers. How about there's probably a lot more going on with FedEx than we realize? Let's think like, National Endowment of Democracy, sort of like Trojan Horse Insider kind of stuff that is easily happening everywhere today. I don't know. Either way, guys, anti-missile lasers on your planes that have nothing to do with military screams militarization. But, you know, I'm crazy, right? But going forward, which is, by the way, the direction that everything's going now, right? National Guard and you're just being military deployed for hospitals. And yeah, no big deal. I remember back when Obama would would discuss something like this and people would freak out about martial law nowadays nothing matters anymore because i don't even know but this is where this is arguably going before we step into COVID 19 whitney and i have been yelling about this since 2020 concerns for uk security as anti-vaxxer groups evolve toward u.s style militias right great so anti-vaxxer groups 
who I don't know what you know what that definition would be. You know, obviously we know anybody who doesn't agree with the mandate or even an injection, even if they've already had two or three, and then suddenly don't want more, or say they've had three but don't think their neighbor should have to have it. Well, they've all, they've all expressed this. The government themselves. If you have all your shots and you think he shouldn't get one, you're an anti-vaxxer. That was directly why I believe it was the Australian prime minister said that. Right. So anybody who doesn't agree with one part or the other, even if they've been injected as an anti-vaxxer. Okay. Then people collect and make groups of any kind, even if they agree with vaccinations, but protest the mandate. That's a group. You become an anti-vaxxer group. Okay. They're saying they're evolving towards us style militias. Now are every single one of any group that feels this way doing that? Clearly not. What they're talking about is what they argue is this extreme group. Now, are they all anti-vaxxers? Probably not. Are they all extremist militia group? Like the idea is they're they're making an extreme version of what they're then going to lay on every single person they claim is an anti-vaxxer. Whether or not they are, whether or not they're extreme, whether or not they're part of a militia, it doesn't matter. This is an easy step into saying you're violent. In fact, you are actually threatening me by saying you don't agree with the vaccine. We've been telling you this is coming and it's been step by step. Counterterrorism officials are monitoring movement amid military-style training and lurch towards violent extremism. So first of all, is it wrong to have... I mean, let's just take it from a U.S. standpoint, because this is already... The exact conversation's already been had in this country. By the way, they've already framed you as Americans, and specifically with their Robin Sage exercise in North Carolina, that, you know, the freedom fighters from within the country are their next threat. So is it wrong to have a militia? Well, no. In fact, it's enshrined in the Constitution. So why would they frame the thing enshrined in the Constitution as the exact thing they're scared of? Well, because they are not the Americans fighting for you. They are a co-opted entity pretending to be your government. That's what I think is happening. You know, in a really quick way to explain it, <laughs> they don't care about you, but this is going to conflate you in any way disagreeing with the narrative as a threat. We've been warning you about this from the moment this began. You're being reduced to a domestic terrorist for refusing government will. That's it. Anyone simply refusing the injection will be conflated with the most extreme characterization of whatever they're painting in this article. It's as simple as that. And you know that's the truth. Even if you don't think it's intentional, that is what happens. That is what the two-party paradigm, at least in the U.S., the U.S. and the multiple-party, two-party paradigm version of their same garbage over there. It's just multiple. It's basically two parties split up into 18, you know, whatever, how many parties they have. It's the same nonsense is my point. That's how the illusion is used. Now, if you want to get in this deeper, I highly recommend you go through some of our old, I'm trying to get someone to break off some of the clips because we laid this stuff out in 2020 and some of the funniest parts about it were that people said, you guys got it wrong because like three days after our show, it didn't happen. <laughs> now we're, we're watching it literally play out exactly like we discussed. Election special pre-planned 2020 chaos and the 9 Lunar 11. Let's think January 6th, right? I mean, guys, look at where we were talking about this, October 28, 2020. And then all of a sudden, pre-planned 2020 chaos, October becomes January 6th, right? Part two, how a cyber 9-11 will usher in an AI internet security state on October 30th, 2020. Interesting, right? Isn't that where we're living through right now? And the cyber 9-11, exactly what they keep crossing over. In fact, the cyber part is what we haven't seen enough of yet. Not the saying we want more, but that's, they're going to be coming with more is my point. How the bipartisan swamp is engineering election chaos in Philadelphia. And of course, the opening act of the new war on domestic terror. This was one that wasn't necessarily tied to it, but as a show that we clipped to it. 
DHS terror threat alert finally reveals the COVID January 6th foreign policy crossover as predicted. That's a good one to check out because I give you the crossover, right? We keep showing you this DHS terror threat, January 6th foreign policy, COVID-19, all of them are going to be jammed together into one threat. It's what's happening right now. Now, bringing this over into the illusion of the, I guess, efficacy, functionality of this injection they're giving you. We need to think about that opening and realize again that it was not just Delta. It wasn't just Alpha or Beta. It was Delta. It was. It, it hasn't been working. You know why? Because they never even tried to make it stop transmission, as their documentation says from day one, and as anybody honest is able to point out. And this is sort of just a joke meme showing you from May all the way to December. You know, May, 95% protection. June, 70%. July, 50%. August, no protection, but reduces the spread, right? This is where we're getting into this sidestep from stopping it to actually just lowering your symptoms as if that was always the case. September doesn't reduce the spread, but reduces severity. Oh, okay. October doesn't reduce severity, but it reduces hospitalizations. November doesn't reduce hospitalizations, but you aren't going to die. And in December, you're going to die, but you'll go to heaven though. (laughs) That's a joke, obviously, but isn't that just, it's priceless. Just do what you're told and you'll get rewarded at some point. It's it's so ridiculous how they keep stepping down and acting like this is just a normal progression. Well, this brings us inevitably to the beginning of the at least admission of exactly what we're seeing everywhere else. Just like we keep telling you, right? As people keep saying, well, we're looking at Scotland and the UK and Ontario. Why don't you look at the US? And we are. The US data is intentionally convoluted and, and it's so bastardized and broken up that it's impossible to get a full picture of what they're telling you and actually know where the data is coming from. And if it means what they say, they, what they say they're looking at, or if it shows you what they say they're looking at, like you can't confirm it. It's the point we showed, we showed you that in the UK and Scotland in Ontario and most of these places, we are seeing and the majority of everything happening in the fully injected every one of them. And I'll briefly go over those quickly just to show you the links again, but here is a news report that just came out from Alabama in the United States. Guess what they're finding? This weird caveat that we can't explain where most of the patients are vaccinated, who are injected, who are in the hospital. Isn't that interesting? Well, we need to start asking ourselves whether this isn't just some weird thing we can't explain or rather that the data says exactly what you would think and that there's more locations now around showing this to make it some weird fringe you know, asterisk. Well, we can't explain that. Well, that would be the case if it was one location and everything else was the same. We don't have that. Anywhere right now openly showing you the breakdown is showing you what we're talking about. So we need to start asking whether there's more going on. Or how about this? Where we come into the Omicron reality, it begins to show the, the truth of what we're, ta- what we're staring at. When you look back at the information from the CDC, it's odd that it all breaks off right about November. Well, everybody else is right up until January 17th. Isn't that funny? Not 17th, but January at the very least. Well, listen to what she has to say. And you're also going to pick up on something very telling that they're all too willing. And maybe this is exactly why they opened up the door to the with versus from discussion. They're all too willing to point out, well, that's why they're all in the hospital. We may have more vaccinated people, but it's only because they're here with something and not they're here because they're they're not sick from COVID. They're with COVID or what you'll see with the breakdown and saying, well, some of them, you know, compromised and some of them like this. So they're not even really here because of COVID. Well, isn't that interesting? Funny how that was ridiculous and fake news right up until it works for the agenda. I keep telling you this. The reason they're giving you these is because they're using them now. They won't tell you until they want you to see it so they can use it. 
East Alabama, an anomaly at Aniston's Regional Medical Center. There are more COVID-19 inpatients who are vaccinated than those who are unvaccinated. ABC 3340's Aaron Wise had some questions of health officers. So Aaron, explain to us what's going on. Well, Pam, numbers don't lie, but they do have to be interpreted correctly. Here I love that, right? Yeah, numbers do lie all the time, in fact. <laughs> it's just that's the whole point. The interpretation is how it is deceived or can be you can be deceived with the interpretation. Right? A number a, a number is meaningless without context. That's exactly the point. So what they're doing always is going, "No, no, no. You don't know. You're not smart enough." So let us tell you how this is interpreted, right? In many cases, the numbers are very apparent. You look at it and you're like, well, that's pretty clear. And they go, but no, read the fine print. You don't understand how to interpret it. You've got to bend it this way and squint it up in the light. And then, oh, there it is. That's why you're wrong. See, it's pretty ridiculous. Now, in some cases, you could point out, obviously, there is interpretation that needs to be discussed. People, there, there are ways some things can be a little more confusing, but that's not how we're looking at most of this stuff. Most of this stuff is pretty damn obvious. And all they do is go, but here's our excuse for why that very clear thing is not what you think it is. That's a little weird, isn't it? RMC and Aniston, they do have 15 vaccinated patients and two partially vaccinated patients with 14 unvaccinated patients. A nurse here at RMC tells me that of those vaccinated, only a few are boosted. And the Okay, so first first sidestep, right? So most of them or the, or the majority are vaccine injected, but but they didn't get their booster though. Ah, that's why, right? So the booster, that they, if they would have had that, it would have been all good was, is the implication. Now we'll get into it next where we can show you the scientific research that shows that's very clearly not the case. Even Israel speaking out now going, it's not working, not even the fourth one. But you see, that's how behind you are. Just like the doctor was saying in the beginning, the news is only parroting what they're being told to say. So the government is still piecing out how we're going to get this information in front of you without revealing that they've been lying to you this whole time. So in the meantime, keep taking the thing that's not working and keep putting you in danger, right? While we figure out how to make this make sense for you. If they cared at all about your risk, they wouldn't let you keep doing the thing that's turning out to be dangerous for you while they figure out how to hide that culpability. Ones that are boosted have underlying health conditions such as diabetes, obesity, or are immunocompromised. Right. So they're telling you, oh, the ones that were boosted, though, that are in there, the only reason they're in there is because of these other things. Yeah, exactly. It's funny how we can't take that consideration in the beginning of all this, even though you're now admitting that only in the context of Omicron, though. Right. That's how they keep playing this game. Walensky told you this back in the beginning. 96% of the people were in there with other comorbidities. Why can't we remember that? You can't just pretend it's on Omicron if the same point was made in the beginning. It's always been that way. That's how they played the game, including the PCR illusion with the PCR false positives, the flu combination, the pneumonia combination. Guys, it's pretty easy to see how this could be completely a complete illusion. They could jam all these things together, and they did. So think about how obvious that is. Conditions such as diabetes, obesity. Well, and the other point was that in the beginning of all this as well. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll let it go. The or are immunocompromised. The Alabama Department of Public Health says vaccines work. Statewide numbers show 64% of those in hospitals right now are unvaccinated. Well, by the way, that the, the interesting point in this is that overall, the data does not back this up in most cases we're looking at. Like how, to, to point this out, and again, this will, the argument we'll get into in a minute, to argue that this, that 
the majority of the hospitalizations, at least in this one location, but also in general, that's what we're seeing everywhere, are in the fully injected, but then just simply say, but the total is 64% unvaccinated. Well, where is this coming from? Because everything we're tapping into says the opposite, but then you just throw out a larger number. But when we look into the actual data from the UK, from Scotland and everywhere else, that's not what we're finding. And again, we're pointing to those specifically because they're the only ones that give you this full breakdown. So you can confirm what they're saying, right? Instead of just taking at face value, what they say is going on. However, the vaccine without the booster seems to be less effective against the Omicron variant. And so does the booster, right? We'll get into that next. The booster is absolutely as meaningless as the first parts. And that's what the science is finding. It's not my opinion. It's better at preventing those severe outcomes as opposed to the infection in general. Um, after so just in case you didn't hear that, it's kind of low, better at preventing the severe outcomes than transmission, which was always what they promised. It was always about transmission. We we're going to stop transmission. That's the goal. That's the goal. I said a thousand times. I played the clip for you a thousand times. And now they're just sidestepping into reducing symptoms and acting like that is still what was always the plan. I don't know why that in and of itself won't wake you up out there. You can see them shift, but they, they're not just going, well, we, this is acceptable. Right. I know we promised transmission would stop, but this is also working. That's not what they're doing. They're going, no, we always said it would stop and it would just reduce trans, reduce symptoms. How could you not stand back and go, that's not what they said. Here's the video. Here's what they're saying now. Well, they're obviously lying to me. Why would they do that? And then make you question everything else they're saying. It's a choice to not see that. The primary series of the current vaccine. Um, there's around a 30% chance that you may not get the infection. Um, and if you've had the booster, it, it boosted up to about 70%. Infection. Um, and if you've had the booster, preventing those severe outcomes as opposed to the infection in general. Um, after the primary series of the current vaccine, um, there's around a 30% chance that you may not get the infection. Um, and if you've had the booster, it, it boosted up to about 70%. Wait, did, did I hear that correctly? Am I crazy? I missed that the first time. He's literally saying, and I'm, it's probably just, or at least the very least, they'll say that it was a misspeak. He's saying that you have a 30% chance of getting infected, which by the way, it's way bigger than that. And every, again, the, the information we show you from multiple locations shows you double the risk, in fact, <clears throat> in every category right now for getting sick. And that's what everybody's backing up right now. The cases are exploding in the injected. But then he goes on to say, but the third one gives you a 70% chance. Am I mishearing that? Listen to yourselves. Outcomes as opposed to the infection in general. Um, after the primary series of the current vaccine, um, there's around a 30% chance that you may not get the infection. Um, oh, the booster, it's, it's that you may not get the infection. So think about that. Right now, with two shots, so you have an, a 70% chance of getting infected. But if you get the booster, he's claiming you have a 30% chance of getting infected. So no matter what, you've got a chance of getting infected. Meanwhile, if you are uninjected, well, I guess how would you frame that? I mean, the point is, and we'll get into this more in a second, the, this, the frustrating part for me right now is the unrealistic, unscientific, irrational argument that people who are, unin, who are uninjected are instantly putting you at risk. How are we, how did we even get there? We know that's not true. You have to be sick first too that get sick. So you're pretending everybody unvaccinated is sick. Do we not realize how ignorant that is? I mean, they must know that. I mean, this is how we're, it's, it's pretty frustrating. Anyway, that's, it's interesting to see that they're telling you that right there to a degree that right now, 70% chance, 70%. I would argue you have a less chance as without anything in your body. Boosted up to about 70%.
Now, I'm told many of the vaccinated patients that are here right now came to the hospital for another reason, whether it's another illness or injury, <laughs> and just so happened to test positive for COVID-19. Isn't that funny? Live in Aniston, Aaron Wise, ABC 3340 News. God, I mean, come on. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So we're willing to acknowledge that they went in for a different reason and just happened to get tested. Therefore, you can dismiss those ones. That's what the implication is. Don't worry. They're only in there because they just happened to get tested and they're just there in a precaution. But when it's children, oh man, it's every, you're, we're going to overshoot that number by double just to scare you, even though it turns out that almost all of them are completely with something and not from something on top of the fact that they're not even actually sick. I mean, the over the hospitalizations, the idea that they're being told they're sick when none of them are being followed up. Newsweek's the one that broke that story. The CDC hasn't followed up with any of the child deaths they claim have happened. I mean, it's it's absolutely staggering. But of course, now we're allowed to say that. We're going to, I mean, while they are censoring people for saying it in reverse in regard to COVID from beginning, still, <laughs> that that's crazy. That, I mean, that is like the definition. That's absurd. But it doesn't matter though, right? It's it, off the rails. We're right when we use our analogy or our, your analogy, you've been using the entire time, but the moment you bring it up, it's already fake news. And don't forget they're mentioned immunocompromised. Oh, some of them are in there because they're immunocompromised. Well, you gave them the injections. Well, you in fact prioritize those people to get the injections, even though it says, well, the safety profile in these people has not been found out. The profile of vaccine is not known in immunocompromised individuals. So then why then did you force them to get it first? This is November 2021. Well, I don't know. Maybe so they'd fill up the hospital. Who knows? Either way, that's pretty crazy to me. I've showed many times. Well, on top of that, here is the point in regard to the hospitalization specifically in the last report from Public Health of Scotland. You'll note pretty clearly that the risk after two doses is much higher than uninjected. Now, you have to understand here, guys, what they're arguing is that two doses is not enough protection. The booster is what you need. But they're still maintaining that two doses is safer than un uninjected at all. But it's right in front of you. The numbers in regard to the number of hospitalizations for every week is higher in every single category. On top of that, which is where they always try to pivot, the per 100,000 is higher in most categories almost every single week. Or at the very least, the last one going forward. And on top of that, when you add it all together, the risk is higher. Uh, and that's actually why I include it right here. Public Health of Scotland, the last report, right here. You can see that the two dose per 100,000 is 75. The per 100,000 risk for uninjected is 63 per 100,000. 75% of the of the hospitalizations in this in this report in this in this month period are people who are fully injected, and then the risk is higher. So what are we talking about, right? You guys know this. You've seen all this, but yet they just keep jamming this in. Now, look, just Scotland. Let's just say it was just Scotland, nowhere else in the world. Wouldn't that matter, though? Shouldn't we be going like, well, wait a minute. Why? Let's figure out what's going on here. How could it possibly be that the U that Scotland itself is so clearly different? I mean, even just jumping over to death since we're on this page and recognize that every, I mean, this is shockingly more, shockingly, and then the UK being the same. Here's hospitalizations. And you can see the numbers here, the breakdown, but here's the numbers I wrote down just so we could see them. Clearly, yet again, hospitalizations, 65%. It just doesn't add up with what they're trying to say. 
And we're seeing that build out in other locations as well. So again, if a majority of cases, majority of hospitalizations, majority of deaths are happening in the injected in the UK and in Scotland, let's start asking what's going on here, especially since the risk right now in the UK for getting sick is doubled in almost every category right here for cases. Look at the breakdown. Your risk of getting sick right now is doubled in almost every category, if not more than doubled, if you've been injected. And that's exactly what we're finding in every other discussion. And here is what Newsweek reported. This was on the 11th. Over one third of vaccinated Americans became infected with COVID after the jab. Now, this is what it looks like to see a pandemic of the ejected as they continue to spread, catch and spread and catch and spread and catch. And let's pretend like that's not having any effect on mutation. When in fact, that's literally what all of the peer reviewed science said creates them before this all started. And I've shown you those a hundred times. Leaky vaccines. I mean, these have been discussed by plenty of experts. The media just doesn't want you to talk about it. Here's another article. COVID deaths in U.S. military. Right. One of the these a lot of these locations are highly vaccinated, injected. The deaths in the military, which have 96% vaccination rate, spike in the last four months. Why would that be? That's four months, understand. That means before Omicron. Isn't that weird? No, it's not weird at all. If you're paying attention, because the people getting injected are increasing the problem in every single category. Here's another one. 3,700 TSA employees, which are almost entirely injected, have active COVID-19 infections. Now, I say almost entirely because I promise there's a couple of holdouts, but the bottom line is they're not allowing people to work there if they're not injected. So why have 3,700 TSA employees have active infections? A 1,243% jump since Thanksgiving because they're being injected with things that are suppressing their immune system, increasing their risk of infection doubling the risk of getting sick. All these things we talked about over and over and over. And we're the crazy ones for pretending it's what we're looking at. Here's an interesting breakdown. So we've shown you this many times. More than 50% of the people in the ICU in Ontario are injected. More than 50% in the ICU, not just in the hospital, but in there and in a bed because they're super sick. So who's overwhelming it exactly? Right. And then just in, in the hospital in general, and you could factor that into being people that are just going in there and being told they're sick or whatever, that goes both ways, but more than 70, oh, about 75% injected. Nobody wants to make sense of that, right? Here's an interesting part of this, COVID-19 cases by vaccination status. Now, what is this showing you? First of all, it's showing you that it seems like there's been, I mean, what's weird is they keep pushing this forward. This was back to August before, and I don't know why it's under all time. So I don't know why all time goes back only to October. That doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway, just to show you it changed. Past 90 days. That's weird. There it goes. <laughs> That's weird. So it goes past 90 days. Let's see. Oh, and then it was, so there it went back to August 21st. But why? So that was weird. I had it on all time. There was plenty going on before August 24th, right? I mean, that's just interesting to me. But take note, the general risk is pretty close to everything else all through this time frame, right? So the risk is basically similar for vaxxed on vax this whole time. Isn't that during when Delta was supposed to be, you know, the vaccines are working up until Omicron? Well, that doesn't seem to make much sense to me. It seems like it at the very least was barely changing the situation. But then, <clears throat> then... We see an interesting shift when we start giving the boosters and the, and the additional shots and all of a sudden it explodes, but it doesn't just explode in the vaccinated, it explodes in every weird category. What doesn't that, how does that make sense? Now, and also take note that the fully vax injected are the highest category. So 
they got the worst of it in cases at the very least. And then the rest of them are less, but still going up with them. What does that show you? I mean, we can't, we, we're just theorizing here, but to me, it seems to suggest that the, whatever you're putting into the population is hurting everybody to a lesser degree. Those that are around the people that are injected, but is also still happening shedding, spike protein, whatever else we're dealing with. How about just the thing that the spike protein, which can then cause disease, and then you can shed and spike and spread to somebody else. As the Salk Institute made very clear, the spike protein itself can cause disease, which means you can have symptoms, you can spread it. So what happens when you spread that? Is that COVID-19? No, it's something in and of itself. Dr. Warren, who discovered mRNA, openly spoke out and said, well, of course this can spread. The, shi- the spike protein can spread. The scientific research showed it can come out through your sweat glands and so on. Showed you that it was circulating in your blood. We've gone over all of this. So that seems to suggest to me that it's affecting the people around them too, but to a lesser degree. Either way, this picture does not show you a pandemic of the injected or uh, of the not injected. It seems to suggest a pretty mi- close minimal difference. That I don't even agree with, but at the very least, it undermines what they're trying to tell you is happening. Now, going forward, you'll find an interesting breakdown here. I think this just grosses me out. All eligible Ontarians over five years old, 82%. Yuck. Five-year-olds. People that are literally not at risk, statistically speaking, zero. One in a million chance of dying. I mean, and you're an 82%. Ah, well, of course that includes everybody above five, but that just shows you the lot of five-year-olds and above children that don't need this, that you're actually putting in danger by doing this are being forced into it. But interesting point to note. Oh, here. Okay. Here's an, here's an interesting breakdown. Now this is, this is the accurate breakdown of what we were talking about before. And this still is valid. Partially vaccinated. So people with only right here, it says. Persons who received only the first dose of the vaccine series, only the first dose of a COVID vaccine series not approved. That's weird. Two doses of a COVID vaccine. That's interesting. Look at that. This Guys, we just got something interesting. I tell you, this is where it's going. It says right there. They're including partially vaccinated people who have two doses. It says it right there. Well, look at that. Damn, I wish I would have caught that earlier. That would have been a more important title, I think. Maybe not. Two doses of the COVID vaccine in apparently right now in Ontario makes you unvaccinated or partially vaccinated, which in some context of breakdown in metrics makes you not vaccinated versus fully vaccinated. Okay, so the the bottom line is that's people that are not fully vaccinated. It's not conflated as like people at least one. It says one. That's almost a million people, guys. A million people can do a lot with statistics. You could you could lie with statistics pretty easily with a million people in there and what they're dealing with, what they're not dealing with. Anyway, the point that I'm showing you this for is this right here. Yeah, is, that was looking at the same thing there. It freaks me out. But this one right here. So the, this is the age breakdown. People 18 plus who've had a booster dose. So right now, let's not forget their argument that all of this, we just need to get to herd immunity and we'll all be good. Right. Look at the amount. Look at how highly injected these people are. And that's why I argue they're having a problem. Even going down to the low categories, I mean, you got the majority of the population, even with boosters. These are booster doses, almost 80 percent of the most over 80. But this is people who have had at least one dose, people uh, plus over five fully injected. Over 80 is 100 percent. I mean, look at that. 82 percent, 12 and up. They are highly injected. And yet, and yet, watching this thing break down in front of them and pretending what? That it's because of the unvaccinated, which is a false, very small portion of the population? 
this is why they're this is breaking down in front of you. Oh, and that's right. I had this I had this thought that I wanted to share. This was really interesting to me. So, and this just this one of these moments of thought when you're thinking about this. So, what I, what I wrote down is so. So, on one hand, they tell us now, of course, it's different before that it is expected that the majority of hospitalizations will be in the injected, since most have the injection, right? We've heard this ridiculous argument, or sort of, it's not necessarily ridiculous, but it is the way they're applying it. And then on the context of cases too. Well, of course, you're gonna have most of the cases. Before it was just cases. Now, and hospitalizations of death are super rare. And now that we're seeing hospitalizations of the majority and injected, whoa, 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 that makes sense. Again, a goalpost shift, but they told you this to start. We'd expect that, okay, which I don't really make sense of, but yet they then go on to say that is exactly what the jab is best at stopping, right? We've heard this too, reduces your symptoms, right? You won't, you just, you'll get sick or you'll get a case, but you know, your hospitalization, your death is super reduced. And of course, once we get the majority injected, i.e. herd immunity, well, that's what they'll solve. Don't miss that those things don't make sense together. You can't have both of them, right? Is it expected that we're going to see the majority of hospitalizations because we have the most people injected? So arguably, once you get 100% injected, you're going to have all these hospitalizations. That's what that argument seems to suggest. If there are, My point being, if we're already at 90% in places like Ontario, so you can't then say, but then the jab is excellent at stopping hospitalization. Well, that's clearly not the case. And then that they'll go away. Like they're making, they're arguing out of both sides of their mouth. They're doing this everywhere they can. The thing you're looking at that doesn't make sense is what you would expect. But then we would expect that to not be happening once we get what we want you to do with the jabs. They don't work together. It just doesn't make sense. And the point is, oh, and to, to shout them out to show you where I got this information, and this is uh, the point here. Over one third of vaccinated Americans became infected with COVID. And they just want to pretend that that adds up. It doesn't. Especially when you go back to the beginning of their narrative, which shows you this doesn't make sense at all. But shout out to Defender for those last three articles we showed where they broke this down in a couple of different places. So they're doing, I just always want to give a shout out to where we get the content. But bringing this over into what we just discussed the other day, and this ties together the idea of what is actually a pandemic of the injected. If everything we're talking about and what causes this to spread, and most of them are injected, or the, of the injected are the ones actually getting sick, and the U.S. government admitted, or rather the CDC, which is the government, admits that four of the five highest transmission areas in this country are some of the highest vaccinated areas, we need to start realizing what we're actually seeing here, which is the pandemic of the injected. That's the important thing to see. That's what this has always showed you. This is one of the challenges that we're facing right now with Omicron, because people who are vaccinated um, do have good protection, good, strong protection against hospitalization and severe illness. Let's see again, fake news. And it's not just Omicron. It's been happening from Delta and before, and we showed you that before. So why the aggressive effort to make you think it's only now is probably because this was a planned drawback. But we are getting infected at a much higher rate. And we oh, again, that, don't forget that point, not just more numbers at a higher rate. That's the point. That's what we're saying. She just admitted to what we're telling you. And of course, that's what the data showed. And they, people don't want to hear it, though. Not just more numbers, but at a higher risk. Your per 100,000 risk of getting sick is higher than the unvaccinated. Let that sink in if you're not paying attention. And this is in the UK we're talking about. It's also in Scotland. And I'm telling you, it's also in the US and everywhere else that they're trying to hide from you. 
see that in the numbers that we see every day, where the numbers of cases, the percent who are positive, reflect the percent of vaccinated people in the in the. I- and that's such a false sidestep too, because that's not true. The percent that you're seeing doesn't actually represent the percentage of actually of that's not true. And if that was the case, by the way, that would mean that the that that, that would literally translate to it does nothing. If the exact percentage of people who have got the injection are the percentage of people that are getting sick, <laughs> that's ridiculous. That means that would almost suggest that you're giving them the inje- this the sickness. I mean, not even suggest. I mean, how else would you interpret that? But this is this is the clown world we're in, where that is a logical explanation. Well, bringing it back, the point is, as always, that we just showed you the other day in this AP article, expect more worrisome variants. It's never going away, guys. That's the point. It's never stopping. What they're trying to do, though, is conflate the reality that they found themselves in with something that makes sense, that it works. We did it. We got there. Mission accomplished. But they're saying, get ready to learn more Greek letters. As you just saw the other day, it's never going to go away. But the main point, every infection provides a chance for the virus to mutate. So if right now the majority of infections in the UK, in Scotland, in Alabama, anywhere else we're talking about in the world are because of the injected, then they're creating the most chances for this to mutate. I mean, that seems pretty damn basic, doesn't it? Yeah. But don't keep screaming at you that it's only the people that are at the least amount spreading this that are the ones causing all the mutations because that doesn't add up at all. And of course, they urge wider vaccination because <laughs> it's not working, but do more. Right. This is where we are. This is irrational. And this, but this is why they're now going, even the U.S. experts going, well, maybe we should stop looking at the cases. Maybe we should stop paying attention to the thing that's not working for our numbers. Even in Singapore, then CNN's even reporting it. Maybe we should stop counting them. Maybe this was always the wrong thing to do. Gee, where have we heard that before? They're desperate, guys. I think we need to see that, at least at the level of people like CNN. Now, the reality is that the miss, the the booster shot is their bread and butter. They need to keep this going, even as they roll back the narrative. But that's the most impossible thing because of what the actual evidence shows you. Now, as this tweet points out, how is this not misinformation? It is, by the way. These shots weren't tested to see if they provide immunity, and they clearly don't. Studies claim they lessen... Uh, Six in healthy people, oh, they lessen, SX, what does that stand for exactly? Sickness, maybe? In healthy people, which is like saying you're a fortune teller. Right, exactly. Well, thank you for pointing this out. Here's what they're pointing to. According to a new study, an additional booster dose of Moderna Pfizer is needed to provide immunity. Well, it's just so funny. They do this really quick, flimsy study, and it is, when you compare it to what we've seen elsewhere, when there's already been multiple studies that have found the exact opposite. And that's what they do. They wait for the one that says what they like, and they go, that's the one right there. Well, it could be, but it doesn't make sense when you only show the one thing you want people to see, which is what we keep seeing, which is like the guy we just saw on the Joe Rogan show, and we'll get to that in a minute. Well, here is the actual article, the Harvard Gazette. No Omicron immunity without a bu- without booster, study finds. Well, that's fake news because your natural immunity has continued to make it for every variant of concern going forward, including Omicron, as even some of the other experts like Malone and others have pointed out and come around to see that we've been pointing out from the beginning. Now it says an additional booster dose of Moderna or Pfizer is needed to provide immunity against Omicron variant, the virus that causes COVID-19, according to the study. Traditional dosing regimens of COVID-19 vaccine available in the United States do not produce antibodies capable of recognizing and neutralizing the Omicron variant. So that's pretty damn clear. Now, it's not what's not. This is interesting framing because media, the media is desperate to tell you, no, 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 it does not work. It just doesn't work well. And the boost is what you need to make it work better. 
Like we all see that, right? And here I might as well play this clip since I have it right up at the top. And even this is despite him saying exactly what the reality is, and people just pretend they. So now we have two vaccines. I didn't mean to hit that. <laughs> and the people pretend they took him out of context or, you know, whatever else. Here's what he said. And he did mean this. And he did mean this in the context of everything. They're talking about Omicron. But what he's saying is in general, and the data backs this up, the two shots have basically no protection, if any. Uh, and we know that um, the three, the two doses of the vaccine offer very limited protection, if any. The two doses of the vaccine offer very limited protection, if any. The three doses with a booster. They offer reasonable protection against hospitalization and deaths. Not true. Not true. Now, the point is that they're telling you that. I hear it saying from Harvard, traditional dosing regimens of COVID vaccines available in the United States, which is an interesting way to put that, which I think is clearly suggesting we know that community is not because it's not which means you're taking an emergency authorized injection, which means you can't sue them when you die or can die, which we know is happening or is possible for the moron censors out there that will censor anything anyway. It says, do not produce antibodies capable of recognizing or neutralizing Omicron. So none at all. You are not doing anything against Omicron. So they tell you, what does that seem to suggest? Why would that be such a dramatic shift? Seeing as how there's already been other variants and shifts, because you know what that seems to suggest to me is there's something very strange about this. Going back to the mouse discussion, right? The previous research about rats and rodents and what they're currently working on around the new variants in, in China right now with equal alliance. I don't know why that's being allowed. The point is this is interesting. And suddenly it's producing nothing and not even recognizing. That doesn't sound normal to me. To me, that might suggest, what if we're talking about the spike protein itself? What if that is what we're talking about? That's the thing shedding and spreading and making its own new thing. So we're making an entirely new injection for it, right? That's what, that's what they're doing right now. Something's amiss here, guys. Either way, they're yelling at you to get the next booster while they're telling you it doesn't do anything. That's the craziest part. Not, and understand, they're not talking about the next Omicron booster they're working on. They're going, get the third one, get the third one, because that'll do it. That's what they're saying without the booster. But that's not necessarily what they, their, their own data suggests that it doesn't. If Okay, look at it this way. If right this moment, it's not capable of producing antibodies or even recognizing the Omicron variant, why would the next thing of the same exact substance make any difference? Spoiler alert, it doesn't. And I'm going to show you the science like I already have. But it's interesting how they're playing this game. I bet you they're implying the booster they're working on and making, you know, allowing you to assume, which is what they always do. The variant, it says, given the name Omicron by the WHO, would soon prove to be far more transmissible than Delta. But not more dangerous. I'd love to leave that part out. The variant that previously has caused the majority of COVID infections. Again, suggesting that currently now Omicron is the majority. Didn't we just go through this? Didn't they just have to roll back to 23% because they lied to you about what's going on? It doesn't even matter. Narrative is all that we play on. And they're just grabbing narrative. Isn't that what we were told? Is it true anymore? Who knows? It was 90%, they said. Then Fauci comes out and goes, no, wait, it's more Delta. And they go, oh, we're oh, 23% now. Our mistake. Are we back at 90%? Who cares? It doesn't. Everything's meaningless with how often they've been caught being lying, manipulating information, flat out like distorting information in front of you could be the majority or none of it could be there, you know, whatever also recognize this came from Botswana, even though they continue to point to South Africa, which maybe is indicative of not wanting you to dive in deeper to the four diplomatic people that came across the border with diplomatic immunity, which is where they caught this or where they first saw this in Botswana. 
And then we're seeing this thing that isn't even recognized by previous advance. I mean, come on, there's something very strange here. Now, this could just be an old massive cover for whatever else. I'm not saying I'm, I'm, you know, for those that want to continue to consider whether or not this is even present, it's all narrative, but none of this seems to add up. Now, here's the main point. Here's Harvard telling you, get the next one. While they admit that it does no effect, but some magic, magical turn of events will make the same thing do something different. Hooray. On top of that, don't forget that they've already been telling you experts all over UK, United States, are we on the brink of over-vaccinating? Right. This is the idea that they're telling you that this is creating a situation where your body is producing too many antibodies. The point is, this is a problem. Molecular mimicry, antibody-dependent enhancement, they're like driving this into existence. But they don't care about that. In the US, we're jumping right over that discussion. And here's what Israel is finding as we're pretending the third dose is the best thing for you. Israel's trial is already finding the fourth dose is not good enough. Yeah, where'd you hear that? Yeah, like a month ago from this channel and anybody else paying attention because that's what the data showed you. Experts at the Sheba Medical Center say the jab raises COVID antibody levels, but there's there are still a lot of infections among those who received it. Right. It's not doing anything. And the point is that antibody levels, especially if you're making antibodies for something that's not currently happening, like the original strain, which is what these injections are making. Don't forget that. That's why they're making the new thing for Omicron. Then it's not going to do anything. In fact, it'll hurt you if your body makes a lot of antibodies for something that is not necessary. That can lead to all the different things we discuss. It's amazing how constantly we keep pointing to what happens later. It's not because we're guessing or because we're super scientifically educated. It's because we are paying attention. It says, oh, actually, you know what? I want to th- just, this is important. Read it for yourself. The breakdown is in, it's not, in, the relevance is right there for you. Not good enough. The fourth shot includes a third shot. Doesn't do anything. I shouldn't say anything, but in regard to what we're dealing with. And here is the scientific research that backs this up from the beginning or before the beginning of the year. This is December 23rd. Vaccine effectiveness against SARS-CoV-2 infection with Omicron or Delta with two doses a Danish cohort study. They found a vaccine effectiveness against Omicron variant of 55.2% and 36% for biotech and mRNA vaccine and, and Moderna, respectively. Right, so one of them's a flip of the coin. The other one's less than, I mean, these are meaningless. Respectively, in the first month, and this is where it gets important. Now, that's before, understand. That's two doses in the beginning. Already having basically an effective and non-effect. And also recognize that falls below the 50% required to maintain emergency use authorization. But nobody cared about that. They just kept going. Of course, because it's all honest, right? But it says in the first month after primary vaccination. That's the first month. After one month, after two shots, you're basically below 50%. Then it's significantly lower than that against Delta and declines rapidly over just a few months. The booster shot. The vaccine effectiveness is reestablished upon revaccination. Okay, so what they're saying is this cycle. You can keep doing this all day long, but every single time it drops after the first month and then after three months is basically gone. That's what they're telling you. And it continues. Now, this leaves it kind of open to suggest that, well, the booster, and this is what the media and the government jumped on and say, well, the booster shows that it continues. Well, yes, but then after a month, it immediately falls just like the other ones. They know that, but all they wanted to run with was acting like they didn't know what would come next. We don't know. It could last forever. Well, no, you knew that wouldn't happen. You know why? Because there's more scientific research that said the same stuff. This is as of January 1st. Now, I jump a little round, around a little bit. The next one's before January 1st, but the evolution of where this shows you is what I, the evolution of the information is what I want to show you. Effectiveness of COVID-19 vaccines against Omicron or Delta. Here's what it says. 
two doses of COVID-19 vaccines are unlikely to protect against infection by Omicron. Everyone knows this by now. A third dose provides some protection in the immediate term, but substantially less than in Delta. So then, so now you can see they're going, well, yes, it does give a little bit more, but way less than you were ever getting before. So no, it never comes back up to the level that they were telling you you were getting before, which by the way, was not even that good before. That's the point. This is a constant stone-stepping illusion. They jump to the next stone. They jump to the next one before they're ever even establishing what they're standing on. And you just get lost. They want you to get lost. Now here is December 29th. This is the most important one. The waning of booster viral uh, load reduction effectiveness. CT values of RDRP RDRP gene initially increased by 2.7 relative to to unvaccinated in the first month post the booster dose. We're talking booster dose here. Yet, and that goes for one, two, it goes for three or four, whatever, just booster dose in general. Yet then decayed to a difference of 1.3. After the first month, it went down to barely different than unvaccinated. That's crazy obvious. Then, and that's booster dose, guys. And it says in the second month that happened and became small and insignificant to the third and fourth months. That's the third shot we're talking about and going forward, fourth, and so on. The rate and magnitude of this post-booster decline in viral load reduction effectiveness mirror those observed post the second vaccine, meaning it's the same thing. You're taking another shot of the same thing and it does the same thing after the second dose. It just stops working because it wasn't designed to do this. These results suggest rapid waning of the booster's effectiveness in reducing infectiousness. That's going forward. So are we confused about this at all? We really shouldn't be. Now, yes, these were preprints, but all the data shows you the same, and it's been continued to find in other in other studies. So to and again, actually, just going back to the first thing we started with, that's what Israel right now is finding. But in regard to the fourth dose, so we have all the scientific research. Where's the NIH? Where's the mainstream media? Are they not looking at it? Do they not care? Are they unaware of it? I mean, any of that should scare you. More, not more than them hiding it from you, though. World's first finds fourth dose not good enough. Well, we already knew that because they're telling you that, that they drop off after what again, guys, say it with me now, three months, as we've always known, as you knew a year ago, if you're watching this channel, because they didn't want you to see it. So they pulled it back when somebody put it out too early. You could almost argue that may suggest they were designed this way, but that's just a guess. Either way, if it drops off to two months, three months, third dose, and the fourth dose, and Israel's finding in real time that's still not working, we should ask ourselves why in the world your government is right now telling you that you need it. That in fact, you can't do anything without it. That even though they pulled back the mandate officially, all of the go- all of the gov- uh, corporations and schools, and, and uh, they're doing it anyway. Well, is that trusting the science or is that trusting the narrative? Well, you know the answer. And here's where, oh, and the, well, before we get to that, one last point to, to, to zone, to, uh, focus in on is on top of all of the other things we keep showing you, like the fact that the injection has been shown to de- dysregulate the immune system of 50% of those that take it, which means that you're more likely to get sick, that it shows you the Pfizer shot specifically increases your risk by 50% of getting sick with COVID-19 in the first seven days. We showed you that the cardiac risk doubles. We showed you on top of that, that the booster dose doubles your risk of myocarditis after every dose. Myocarditis risk was increased during one to 28 days following the third dose. Why would they want you to get something, a third dose of something that increases your risk for 30 days and continually 
going forward. It's just, it's staggering. This stuff is all right there in front of you. It's all right there. Now on myocarditis, which is an obvious, obvious issue that they really don't want anybody to see. Now this obviously talks about much more than just myocarditis, but that's uh, just a segue into the heart issues that we're seeing that we're actively ignoring or they're actively ignoring while forcing a shot that causes it that they know doesn't work right now. A few days ago, we had 445 updated. Now, I keep showing this article, and I hope you understand why. Because of how well they do this. Because every single one of these is down here for you to investigate and research and and, and, uh, and discern for yourself. Every one of them. And that doesn't even include all the ones that they've decided on this article. Weren't even sure. They weren't sure. Did they have a shot? We're not sure. So we'll not include in the total. Like that's That's the best part to me. Is they have an area down here that says may or may not have had vax, right? No documentation found yet. No reports below this point are included in the counts. Who else does that? So everyone above this, 445 people confirmed to have taken an injection have had a cardiac event. 261 had died. Now let's see where that's at today. Just gained about 20 more athletes, but nothing, no big deal here, guys. 461 cardiac events for athletes. 461. 269 dead. Now, are we we confirming that they died because of the injection? No. Anyone saying we're saying that is lying to you to get you to dismiss what you're looking at here. All we're saying is this is astronomically more than we've seen in previous years. They just don't want you to acknowledge that. And that's why today we're bringing this in. One more, by the way. This is the second one we've talked about. Remember, we've already discussed the NIH study that says 1.46 collapsing athletes, or rather just cardiac events, per 100,000 per year. We're way past that. Okay, here's another one from the British Medical Journal of Sports Medicine. This is from, uh, when was this conducted? I swear I just saw it earlier. It's right here somewhere. That's strange. Anyway, the point is that this is done between 2014 to 2018. That's the time frame of when they're studying this. So pre-COVID. That's, I swear I saw the date on that earlier. That's so strange. In any case, it's a reasonably recent one. So, oh, here, I bet you it's on this. Maybe that's where I was looking last time. Not that it necessarily matters, but I always like to give you guys all the information I can. Hmm. No, looks like it's the same. Anyway, so going forward, here's the important part. FIFA, this is just soccer, by the way. FIFA's sudden death registry. Recognize how important that is, too. We're not talking about all the other sports that we're seeing it in. Tennis, swimming, right? That's all. This is just FIFA. A prospective observational study of sudden death in worldwide football from 2014-2018. From 2014-2018. Death during other activities was excluded. They saw 200, excuse me, 617 players. In a four-year period across 67 countries, that is a four-year study on exactly what we're dealing with today, and they only found 617 across a four-year period. We are at 461 right now, just from January, just from the beginning of this year. Or excuse me, just, excuse, just just through 2021, I should say. I forgot we're jumped into January. So just in one year period, over 400. 
And that, of course, is not including the other sports or other other uh, chi- child sports. There's plenty of this is athlete cardiac arrest. Most of them are over 18. There's all sorts of discussions around children that nobody wants to include. Pop Warner sports, uh, fo- soccer and, and uh, football and plenty of other things where we already talked about this. Children. But bottom line, guys, if we're seeing it surpass the NIH 20 year study. If we're seeing another British medical journal study of just FIFA from four years where the number is almost already reached, how are we pretending that this is not happening? It's a willful ignorance to a very clear thing that they're afraid of. Augie points this out, and this is a really, really, this bothers me. Let's check this clip out. This one is, the way that they're framing this is what's most upsetting. Now, this is, I'm trying to remember before I play it, the exact... uh, the National Ottawa... Oh, that's right. Okay. Let me pull this down. Oh, I know I have it somewhere. This frustrates me. I really should be better about getting these organized. <laughs> Dang it, man. That's so frustrating. I know for a matter of fact that I downloaded this. Several Byron Munich players to test positive for COVID in recent weeks. An MRI showed mild... Ah, that was why. Dang it. That's the picture that it showed on the thumbnail. I'm not sure why. I have it right here. Several Byron Munich players to test positive for COVID in recent weeks. An MRI showed mild myocarditis, an inflammation of the heart muscle that can cause irregular pumping, most often caused by viruses, including COVID. I think we can be fairly confident to attribute this to the fact that he got COVID recently. Cardiologist Dr. Christopher Labos says while much has been said about the small number of myocarditis cases found in people who've received a vaccine, COVID itself poses a much bigger risk for contracting it. And you've, you've heard us talk about this. That is a false choice. I mean, this is very obvious. And I actually will talk about the Joe Rogan thing next. It's an obvious false choice. So, I mean, actually, it's not that much. Let me finish this. As for recovery. The treatment is actually anti-inflammatories and bed rest. Uh, this does recover. Oh, there's a re- Actually, I do want to, I want to make sure I don't forget. But so, obviously, the false choice. Obviously. The risk is immediate. You get injected, you immediately get an increased risk of myocarditis. They, and they grudgingly admit that. And by the way, there is way more reports of myocarditis following the injection than after COVID. They just pretend they don't exist on theirs. That's, that's the illusion as well. They don't unconfirmed. Therefore, they're not there, which is a lie. Ask Maddie DeGarry, who is literally still in a wheelchair and they have, have her marked down for a stomachache. All this stuff is easily verified. We've showed you in the past. But false choice. And of course, there he is acting like, you know, what, what do you say there? Much has been said, including COVID. So I think we can be fairly confident to attribute this to the fact that he got COVID recently. Right. So all they're running with is the argument they keep getting parroted is that, well, you have a higher risk, which, by the way, means there's still a risk from the injection. So why exactly can you be fairly confident? Did you did you fight? Did you I mean, what could you possibly do to find out whether it was an injection over COVID-19? You don't. There's nothing. They know that. So they're just choosing to assume what is supposed to be said. Let's make sure that's clear. Cardiologist Dr. Christopher Labos says while much has been said about the small number of myocarditis cases found in people who've received a vaccine. Not small, much larger than they're pretending. COVID itself poses a much bigger risk for contracting it. As for recovery. The treatment is actually anti-inflammatories and bed rest. Uh, This does recover with time. Davies, who is fully vaccinated, is... 
oh, there you go. Right. So we're just going to give them anti-inflammatories and pretend that this doesn't have a potentially lasting lethal effect on the rest of your life. Right. As the NIH study found itself, right, that this is, or specifically on the NIH Library of Medicine, PubMed, that very clearly massive, huge study on myocarditis that you have a 26 to 55, 25 to 56% increase of mortality over the next three to 10 years. Why isn't that relevant? Well, you just hear some inflammatories. What if, you know, if you die in 10 years, they're not going to, or five years, they're not going to pretend that it was the injection. They're not. The myocarditis is obviously a risk. All right. <clears throat> there we go. Just making sure the stream was not cutting out, which it seems to be doing constantly. Is reported to be feeling fine. To not be. Right. The point being the injection. So he got doubly injected with something that they admit increases your risk of myocarditis to a large degree. Now, just because you want to pretend that COVID has a higher risk and he was told he got COVID after being injected, which might not even be what we're talking about. They just assume it was the, yes, because let's understand it, guys. There's no way for you to do an, to test him to find out what caused that. So they're just choosing to assume and then reporting it like it's fact. Doesn't that bother you? Especially as we're seeing all this information that very clearly suggests that there's more going on here, that there's a very valid reason, statistically speaking, to recognize that there are far, 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 far more people collapsing just in FIFA right now over this last year than we're, we've seen over the last, any study we want to point to. Nope. Doesn't matter. Now, on the note of myocarditis, this is the kind of thing we're seeing. As we just discussed with Joe Rogan, as this is the guest he had on, I guess to counterbalance for the Malone, I, I don't even know. But the point is, it says Joe, or he says, if anyone wants to make me look dumb on the podcast, I'm glad it was this guy. Well, the guy's wrong. What he's saying is blatantly wrong. There's an adverse risk associated with the vaccine. It's like yes. a two to four fold increase in the instances of myocarditis. Yes. But you know what? Hospitalization. The, you know that there's an increased risk of myocarditis in, among that age cohort from getting COVID as well, which exceeds the risk of myocarditis from the vaccine. Now, of course, this is where Joe disagrees, right? Which, which I don't know how, it's just amazing to me that even happened because we should all, if you're doing any research, you'd be able to find quite quickly that the mainstream argument is exactly what he keeps saying. And they just keep parroting that over and over and over. But when you actually look at the information, that's not actually, it's not even remotely true because it's a false choice. As I said, most importantly, it's a false comparison. The risk following injection is immediate, yet one must first catch COVID to gain the risk they claim can follow, which by the way, there's plenty to make that riddled with caveats. But it says on top of that, as others have argued in the comments, other studies argue the opposite of what he's saying, right? I mean, here, it's right. I included it right here. And we have to ask if your guest was, because here they show this one study, they pull up and Joe Rogan is for, oh, I was wrong. And you were right. But, but you're not, Joe, you were right. That's the problem with how this gets used. And then people will use that to dismiss every other argument made. But here's the point. We have to ask if your guest was just choosing to cherry pick the study that says what he wants people to think. For example. Here's a Guardian article from end of 2021. Boys, exactly what Joe Rogan was saying, not everybody, but specifically children, at more risk from Pfizer jab than COVID. Study suggests, okay, well, you can argue one study's better or one study's worse, but the point being is that he didn't say that. He didn't include in that, well, some disagree. He's just making it out to be fact. because the And by the way, they pull up an article, not the study, they pull up an article 
discussing a study. That's what he tells him to pull up. <laughs> right. Well, yes, this is that too. The point nonetheless is that the study itself is pretty sound and argues very clearly that there's a risk there that they don't want to acknowledge. It's, it's quite incredible to me. But as I also added on to somebody who commented on here, they said, I believe it came out up in the McCullough, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough interview with Rogan. They are defining most infection myocarditis as mildly elevated uh, troponine level, which IIRC is normal after colds and such as and not certainly anything that would be reported to Bayer's. So hiding it from Bayer's, which I just added. And this is, I just include this so I don't forget to include this link because I keep referencing it which fails to account for the massive peer-reviewed myocarditis study that finds even mild cases increased your mortality by 25 to 56% over the next three to 10 years. It's right there. Non-fulminant, which means not serious. Active myocarditis has a mortality rate of exactly what I keep telling you. Up to 56% with over uh, potentially up to 10 years, owing to progressive heart failure and sudden cardiac death especially if symptomatic heart failure manifests early on. We're not even talking serious, guys. Serious can be deadly immediately. So they keep telling you, don't worry, just take anti-inflammatories. These people are disgusting criminals or wildly incompetent. Now, bringing this over to the Joe Rogan point, since we're discussing it, I find this to be a very telling point. Here is the Guardian pointing out, well, menace to public health. 270 doctors, they say, criticize Spotify over Joe Rogan's podcast. Well, we've all heard this because they just have relentlessly jammed the, see, see, you were wrong, stupid conspiracy theorists. All these doctors agree with us. Oh, the ones you want to point to, of course, because it's not like there's a massive coalition of other doctors saying the opposite, right? <laughs> of course not. Here's Dr. Peter McCullough, 16,000 plus physicians challenge the 300 who currently accuse Joe Rogan of spreading this invasion. Now, in no way am I even saying, you know, Joe Rogan versus everybody else. I think that's a false choice, guys, in and of itself. They want you to be on this Rogan versus Fauci ridiculous two-party illusion reduction of what's going on here. Neither one of them represent the full picture. To my point exactly for why I started this way, Rogan is... You know, I, again, I've said many times, I believe he's just doing what he thinks is right, trying the best in front of him. That's just my impression. I don't know if I, how I can prove that. But you can see how he gets used just like this. That's not by accident. So the point is not to say, yes, no, we should trust them. Just simply to point out that the people that are trying to point, argue that what was discussed in there by using what they claim were 270 or 300 doctors are overshadowed aggressively by 16,000 plus physicians who say the opposite. Now, all they're going to say is, oh, that's a bunch of fringe ones. And anybody who wants to agree with them is going to go, oh, okay. So those 16,000 doctors with degrees and educations and history and documentation, oh, those, those are fringe epidemics. They've been, quote, debunked. Because that's what the intelligent people say, right? Their entire life has been debunked. Didn't you hear? Didn't you hear that? Didn't you look up the fact check that says their life is no longer valid? That's so stupid. It makes my teeth hurt. It's everywhere. And a lot of people do that. But 16,000. So how can they all be, right? Well, you should do your own due diligence. Here is Pierre Corey saying the most pathetic part is that they could only find 270 scientists. The Rome Declaration and Global COVID Summit has over 16,000 physicians and scientists who fully support everything Malone and, and, and said on Rogan, as well as what you and me and Dr. Peter McCullough have said on there. Yeah, exactly. Guys, these aren't fringe epidemiologists, right? These are, and by the way, even that term fringe epidemiologist, you know what? Don't forget where that comes from. That comes from the Oxford, Harvard, and Yale epidemiologists that Dr. Collins and Dr. Fauci decided to attack and disparage and undermine and, and 
frame as some kind of fringe people, even though they were some of the highest level credentials on the planet, right? That's how stupid this all is. But it gets even bigger than that. Here is a uh, a report from Canada. Over 34,000 health experts in October 13th in 2020 had already signed a declaration against COVID-19 lockdowns. 34,000. But here's 270 that, that, that we like, that we want to make sound like the biggest thing we've ever seen. Do you not see how crazy and how ignorant this is? Yes, I guarantee some of those 34,000 or some of those 16,000 may not be as reputable as you may think that they should be or blah, blah, blah. But a lot of them are. Right? So if right now you're just thinking, yeah, they're all a bunch of fringe. That's why it's not in the mainstream media. Well, let's, let's dig into this discussion a little bit. Here's CNN guest calling on Spotify to put warning signs and banners on Joe Rogan's podcast, warning listeners that his information is actually incorrect in general, right? Not that it, this old one show, but just going forward, make sure there's banners on his podcast every time that says, this is fake news. How do you even know that if you haven't seen what he's about to talk about today? Because they don't care because it's about labeling anybody that can reach that many people with information they don't want you talking about being undermined because they're terrified. Well, here is what you need to understand. Of the 270 doctors they're pointing at, guess what? The vast majority aren't actually doctors. And of course, I didn't stop the mainstream media from parroting that in every single place, everywhere. CNN, CBC, NBC, The Guardian, The New York Post, all from all sides, from the two-party paradigm, all of it, right? 270 health experts. Every part you could, I mean, you could not miss this. Everywhere. Did they even research it? Do they care? No. It turns out that the real arbiters of misinformation are the individuals behind the letter itself. And they are being helped along by a corrupt corporate media that is misreporting the credentials of its signatories. Because they don't care. It was first reported by Rolling Stone. Title read, Doctors Demand Spotify puts an end to COVID lies on Joe Rogan experience. And of course, you can see 270 doctors. Did they look? Did they care to research it? Find out? Doctors urge Spotify. Stop enabling Joe Rogan. Isn't it amazing how this got reduced down to Joe Rogan versus the mainstream media? That's exactly how they use this. It's how they used other people in the past. Whether or not he's honest. There's so much more going on around just what he's discussing on his podcast, but that's an easy way for the people that don't want to think about this to dismiss anything. You start watching our show, they go, oh, he probably got that on Joe Rogan. Uh, no, not even remotely true. I, I barely watch the show. In fact, I watch it when I feel like there's an important show on there because it's hard for me to watch that long of a show. Exactly what you guys say to me. I totally get it. <laughs> it says, yes, the media and big tech want to create an image of hundred strong coalition of medical doctors throughout the pandemic. Joe Rogan has repeatedly spread misinformation. They say Twitter even got on the propaganda themselves. As you guys all saw adding this medical experts letter to their curated headline section, which means they chose to put it there more than 270 medical experts. Well, I reviewed this open letter, and it turns out that only around 100 of the 270 signatories to the letter are people with qualified medical degrees. And a large chunk of that 100 or so medical doctors are medical doctors, MDs employed at universities who are not, in fact, practitioners of medicine, sort of like a Dr. Fauci. Yet part of the letter reads, not to imply the, you know, specifically people that aren't practicing medicine, yet part of the letter reads, despite that, As physicians, they say, which they signed, which many of them aren't, so they're liars, we bear the arduous weight of, arduous weight of a pandemic that has stretched our medical systems to their limits and only stands to be exacerbated by the anti-vaccination sentiment 
woven into this and other episodes of Rogan's podcast. We see that's what's so ignorant. That's not even remotely true. I mean, not even barely. Rogan himself is outspoken about the fact that he doesn't think that. They just pretend, oh, he's secretly lying and we know what he means. Right, which goes back to the point we made before COVID ever started, that they're attacking what they pretend you're trying to say or what you intend, what your meaning is behind it. Remember the 9-11 point we made in the beginning? Remember that video of her saying, well, they're working within the context, so they're not breaking the rules, but we know what they really mean. How is that even possible? So if they're not breaking the rules, you're attacking them because they you're secretly doing this just under the surface. That's how they play this game. They're saying they're not anti-vax. Malone is very clearly not anti-vax. None of them are. They're outspoken about it. Yet they frame them that way nonetheless because they're ridiculous. Paradoxically, the disseminators of this petition are guilty of the very misinformation label that they've attached to Rogan. In fact, neither of the two reported co-authors of the letter, Jessica Riviera and Ben Ryan, possess medical degrees. The two main people who put this out. As physicians, <laughs> I mean, good God. By my count, the letter is signed by over 50 PhDs, academics, around 60 college professors, 29 nurses, 10 students, and four medical residents and even a handful of science podcasters. Riviera, the reported lead author of the letter, is associated with a far-left Rockefeller Foundation and The Atlantic, and she's a CNN contributor. Because, you know, there's no political intentions going on here at all, right? Now, even if you think all of them should, you know, are the best experts on the planet, again, don't forget that there's 34,000 that have already signed this back in 2020 in opposition to what they're saying, and the 16,000 physicians right now calling out around the world calling all this out. If they have to lie about how many doctors are included, let's be clear that they don't have enough people on their side. Now, on the note of myocarditis in general, since we were just touching on that, I want to make a point in this about an interesting, specifically in Japan, and how we saw a warning label added and how the mainstream media tried to hide this from your view. This is December 15th. They're literally now telling you myocarditis is a severe adverse event. Severe. That's what they say. And yet the U.S. government's pretending and still aggressively downplaying it as they give it and force it in many cases to children. That's how disgusting this is. But of course, they're arguing in the fact check that they didn't drop all the mandates. That's why all this is fake news. Ignoring that they did put the label on there. It's so obvious. But then here's the point. This is exactly how they're playing this game everywhere else. Did Japan have mandates? Not explicitly, but what they did do is just like we're seeing in this country now. They allowed and in a lot of ways coerced the private sector into doing it anyway. The Japan Japan's public and private sectors were alerted to the fact that forbidden it was forbidden to discriminate against those who refused the COVID vaccine, right? So they're telling them, look, stop doing that because that was happening. So now they're even coming out, and, which basically you could argue. I mean, I would, I, I would argue that dropping all mandates is not a fair, is not an accurate way to frame that, but you see their point. They're pulling back. We can clearly see we're under a mandate in this country, whether or not that's the government telling them, to, saying you have to do it. They've already allowed this and created the context for it to happen. So keeping all that in mind, here is originally where this came from, yet weirdly now deleted. I, I love how we, I, I've never seen it this co constant outside the world of COVID-19 in the world. It's everywhere. Every other day, there's stuff being removed and deleted and hide and changed and, and everywhere. They're so constantly trying to undermine, remove things or change things or update them because it hurts what they're trying to do. Here, of course, because the Wayback Machine is what it originally said. Health ministry warns of vaccine side effects. 
It says Japan's health ministry has listed inflammation of the heart muscle, otherwise known as myocarditis, and other out, out, outer lining, oh, excuse me, in other uh, as possible serious side effects, serious side effects of the mRNA injections. The ministry held a panel of experts on Saturday, and this is, this is from uh, December 4th. And proposed warning, a warning, uh, and proposed warning of the risk by printing serious side effects on the documents attached to the vaccines. It will also require hospitals to report in detail incidents involving people who develop the symptoms just within 28 days after being injected. Like, think about how that relates to what we're talking about with collapsing athletes. This is just 28 days in general, and it pl- the plot it goes way past 28 days, by the way. Just having the injection and having a heart problem 28 days later. Why can't we acknowledge this happening in this country? I think we know why, but look at how obvious that is. But of course, they don't want you to think this is real because clearly this undermines what they're at or what they want you to believe so far in the United States. So here comes PolitiFact. Japan drops all vaccine mandates, places myocarditis on the warning label. Okay, so we've established obviously half of that's real. Don't miss they're mostly false. If it's 50% false, is that mostly false? <laughs> Think about that. We'll get, we'll show you in a second. But it says Japan never mandated COVID vaccines. That's their whole point. But it says Japan leads the group of seven developed nations in COVID-19 vaccination rates. So right now, the argument is that they already lead the leaders of vaccination rates in the world. So shouldn't they be good to go? Like, shouldn't they be safe? Shouldn't there be no problem whatsoever? If that's the case, it says, although we encourage all citizens to receive the vaccine, it is not compulsory or mandatory. So that's how they're undermining the claim, but realize that they did have a very clear coercive action going on. But then it says the headline gives the misleading impression that Japan rescinded an existing vaccine mandate because of concerns over myocarditis. Well, that's mostly the case. They just didn't have the actual mandate. They were, they actually asked people to not not discriminate like they had been after this, which is, you know, so this very clearly is mostly correct, but it says Japan placed myocarditis warnings on the label in December, but it never implemented the vaccine mandate. Okay. So you can see that's 50%, right? There's two things. Not one of them's not real. That's why we rated it mostly false. Yeah. That's not a very clearly self-serving choice because what happens guys is you get people that come across this because there are just like people I was referencing before that you give them data, they rush out and find the PolitiFact. And, oh, well, that doctor's been debunked because they said it was fake news. Instead of looking at the documentation, instead of finding other documentation to compare it to, they find PolitiFact to tell them how to think about the documentation because that's intelligent. (laughs) So stupid. But the point here is they read this headline and they walk away thinking, well, mostly false. That means that everything in this title is mostly false. See how that works? And they don't know that they're warning you that myocarditis is a severe risk to this injection. Perfect. That's how this works. Then realize, to the point about the injections, right? If they are leading the world in the group of seven, or at the very least leads the group of seven developed nations in COVID-19 vaccination rates, explain to me why right now they have more cases than they've ever had before. Ever. Well, because we know, because these injections don't work. Now, they're going to try to argue it's because Omicron only. And to be quite honest, even that graph, the way that looks, would suggest that that seems likely or at least possible. But either way, can we not acknowledge that the injections, even the boosters, do not do anything if we're literally watching that explode right in front of you? Also, don't forget, Japan also had an interesting little point in which they were giving ivermectin. 
And then all of a sudden we see that spike back up. Now we're going to make this point more specifically today about India, but it applies to Japan as well. And this whole loot, this whole basically collapse with nothing happening and then spike kind of correlates with that ebb and flow of that administration. Now, all of this ignores the other risks that continue to pop up. We just talked about the hepatitis, the provable confirmation of immune-mediated hepatitis being caused by these injections. Oh, did you miss that on the mainstream articles or the reports or the TV shows? Did you miss that? The confirmed scientific peer-reviewed study that found this definitely can happen? No, you didn't miss it because they didn't report it. They ignored it. They don't care about it. Trust the science means ignore everything that doesn't align with what we were told. Or rather, that we're too dumb to do our own research, so we only report what they tell us we can look at. So we don't even know it's there. <laughs> Plausible deniability. This is thyro, uh, thyrotoxicity. Thyrotoxicity following COVID vaccination. Quote, we should pay greater attention to thyroid disorders in patients receiving vaccines against SARS-CoV-2. But no one cared about this, right? We, yeah, it's what we should do. Now, by the way, thank you to Dr. John B. for sharing this. This is as of January 11th. Right? So six days ago, almost a week. Where's the reporting, mainstream media? Don't you care about the breaking news, scientific, trust the science, and on and on and on? Results? We report eight cases of thyrotoxicosis. What did I say? Toxicity? Thyrotoxicosis after SARS-CoV-2 vaccination. Five patients received Pfizer and three Moderna. So as always, it's seemingly slanted towards Pfizer with everything we're looking at. The onset of symptoms following vaccination ranged from 10 to 14 days in six of the eight patients from seven to eight weeks in two patients. Two months goes by. That's what I keep pointing out from before. These things have a much longer range than people are pretending. Several hypotheses have been proposed to explain the potential correlation between SARS-CoV-2 vaccination and thyrotoxicosis, including immune system hyperstimulation. This is exactly what these injections are doing. That's what this is. If I got the right link here. No, where was that? Hold on, I'll lose my spot. That was over. Oh, that was the this one here. We warn, experts warn, we're on the brink of over-vaccination. Right. If we keep doing this, especially when you're making people produce antibodies for something that they don't need because they're giving them a shot that was based on original strain and maybe beta or alpha, whichever one was next, alpha, I believe. And going forward, I mean, we're dealing with if you believe what their narrative is, we're dealing with Delta and Omicron predominantly, and you're giving them something that makes antibodies for something that's not there. I don't know why that's so hard for people to understand. They're the ones telling you it's mutated so far that it barely, as the Israel study says, we don't even recognize it. It doesn't make antibodies. We don't even see it neutralizing it. Otherwise, it's not there. But take the third one, though. It's irrational. On one side, they're saying it doesn't work at all and we should get the next Omicron variant. Then blah, 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 take the second one because we need you to be in line with everybody else. It's, it's so crazy and irrational. Immune system hyperstimulation. You're doing, the boosters are doing this to your body. Molecular mimicry, right there. Autoimmune, autoinflammatory syndrome induced by adjuvants. Guys, this is everything we're telling you. We should pay greater attention to thyroid disorders among every other thing we're finding in patients receiving these injections. You know what they're not doing? Paying closer attention to thyroid disorders in patients receiving these injections. Not at all. At what point are we going to realize that they're not even remotely looking at the scientific research, instead picking out what they want you to see about what they've already told you? It's crazy. 
Here, by the way, is a really alarming pictures of whatever thyro, uh, thyrotoxicosis looks like. These really alarming looking pictures of, ugh, I mean, it's just some crazy stuff that these things are doing to your body, man. These are studies, peer-reviewed science that's finding this. Now, just on a quick side note before we jump into the last two or three topics here. This is, this is the kind of stuff that we're seeing that nobody wants to point out in the mainstream. So Celine Dion got ear injection. And then immediately had problems. And of course, they yelled at us. It's not associated. Well, it's not. We can't. Of course, because we'll never be able to prove it because no one's ever going to look. But she got injections. Then she had some weird problems. Now, it got real quiet. Nobody talked about it anymore. But guess what? They never stopped. They've continued since that first point, And now she's canceling the remaining of her tour. Why? Because of uncontrollable seizures. That's the truth. But let's pretend, but there's no way we can even remotely discuss this as possible vaccine induced, even though we're watching that happen and can prove that it can happen. And we can, and we know that this is happening. I mean, it's the same situation. If we are saying it's possible and we can see that it has happened when this happens, why don't we go? Could it be? Because we don't want to, because they know if they ask the question, they're going to get devoured by the rest of the people in their chosen narrative circle even though it's very clearly possible. It says, I suppose I just have to be more patient and follow the regimen that my doctors are prescribing. It says, in an effort to recover from ongoing medical issues, she's canceling the tour. Called off because of severe and persistent muscle spasms. Now, where have we seen that before? That are preventing the vocal icon from performing on stage. She says, I was really hoping that I'd be good to go by now, meaning it's never stopped, but I suppose I just have to be more patient and follow the regimen they're giving me. Dion's Celine Dion's muscle spasms were also a factor in the cancellation of her residency at Resorts World Theater in Las Vegas, right? That's the one we were pointing out before. That was November 2021, right? This is very clear to me, at the very least, that it's very obvious that we should be asking whether or not that's possible, which is all we're saying. Same with the collapsing athletes, same with everything else. And the most obvious, glaring reality is that they're clearly choosing to ignore that even though it's a valid question. And that is very clear. Very clear. Now, Austria, as we've already been telling you, is one of the most clear. They're jumping out ahead of the pack. As it says, compulsory vaccination in Austria starts at the beginning of February for everyone over 18. Well, you're, they're going to fine you increasingly. In, you know, and they claim no jail time down here. But understand, if, it, if fines go up enough, they'll put you in jail anyway, pretending it's not around the vaccine, but fines, same point. But it says, it's the best guarantee to live in freedom. <laughs> I love that. So the thing that should be inherent that we took from you, we're dangling on a stick here and saying, just do this and we'll give it back to you. And that's freedom. No, that's not freedom. That is tyrannical control. But it says, Pregnant women, interestingly enough, recently recovered persons and persons who cannot be vaccinated for medical reasons are exempt. Think about that. So despite the fact that they're forcing it on everybody, which is pretty crazy, and I don't know whether or not they're going to just dismiss all these exemptions, even though they say they're there like the U.S. government did. It's interesting to point out that they're saying right out of the gate, pregnant women, people who have natural immunity, and those who can't get it for various reasons won't. I mean, that's, that, that's literally at a time when your government doesn't care about any of those things, despite their own information telling you they don't know if it's safe, as I've shown you a thousand times. They don't know if it's safe with other vaccines, even though they're giving it alongside the flu shot. Studies to determine the co-administration of the vaccines are safe and their safety have not been performed. The long-term data in general is unknown at present, as it says right there. Immunocompromised patients, which they forced it on right out of the gate, 
safety profile is not known. Pregnant women, which is what we're talking about. The safety profile of the vaccine is not known in pregnant women, but we're giving it to them anyway in this country. It's obvious why they're excluding them because they don't know if it's safe. Right there. It says in this one in general, that talking about the vaccine-associated enhanced disease, sort of like the Asia one we just talked about, the, the, the acronym was Asia. I mean, this is endless. It's right in front of you, and they just pretend it's not there. They see it. I mean, even though they're forcing everybody, but just see that this is happening. Regardless of the information. I mean, think about how crazy it is that everything is coming out, and yet they're going that far in the other direction. They're forcing everybody right now. Well, here's the Chicago thinker back to the United States. The University of Chicago back on December 21st was saying, well, we're going to force students to get the booster. This is what I was telling you, despite the mandate going away, even though we're not going to force our employees, which is ridiculous. I mean, there's literally, that's the most unscientific thing possible. It's just about control on top of the fact that we're talking about the booster, which all the data shows doesn't have any effect. Even on December 21st, it said that, but they don't care. The University of Chicago announced on December 20th that all students and employees, quote, will need to submit, submit proof of receiving a booster shot or apply for an improved exemption, which they don't usually care about. Yet, at the same time, they said employees don't have to. They said, and even crazier, they said it's unknown why they only chose students. Doesn't make sense. Well, stepping forward to today, or rather close to today, January 11th, it goes forward to say, well, they now say it must end their booster mandate because we're not lab rats. And you can see they shifted away from that irrational policy, probably because they realized how dumb it looked. And now they're saying, well, everybody has to, including employees. The booster that doesn't work must obtain the booster by January 24th. The booster mandate is demonstrably unsafe, ineffective, unnecessary, inconsistent, unethical. But they're doing it anyway. Chicago thinker sees it. They're going to force them anyway. Right now, despite the mandate, the the government mandate seemingly going away, it's still happening. Isn't that strange? It's almost like we knew that would happen because that was the point. People thought they won, just like they do with everything. And it was continually going forward. But here's the real big reality that we need to see, guys, that you don't buy it. Whether you're still convinced that you're the minority, even though you're not, most people don't want this thing. And right now, COVID booster jabs in England are being being thrown away as the demand falls. You know why? Because the boosters are going to the people that are scared. The booster, the people that already got two, the people that think they need it. The mo- and, and they're just cut, circling around, getting tested. And again, getting back in line, getting tested the next day and making it look like it's this big portion. Most people don't want this. On top of the fact that the reason they have a high percentage, in my opinion, is because they were aggressively coerced. A lot of the people in the UK felt they had to do this. We're going to lose jobs. We're going to lose, get their kids taken away. So they did it. So doesn't mean that the majority agrees with this, but just recognize that they're throwing these things away because nobody's taking them. And the reality is they ordered that many probably for that exact purpose. They have enough to throw away. And just like we said in the beginning, they ordered that many because it was always planned to continue. Oh, dang it. Hold on. I realized I just changed something I didn't mean to. One second accidentally hit my camera button. I don't know if maybe I already did that. I don't know. You guys can't see what I'm talking about. (laughs) Anyway, I changed my camera view on accident. But if they're throwing them away, it means that people aren't taking them. So you could take that one of two ways. You could either think that, okay, well, that means that everybody's gotten them. Well, no, that's not true. You could think that most people don't want the next ones, or maybe they're just waiting to see what happens. Either way, you can see that people at this point have dug their feet in a little bit. 
even the people that are going along with this. So shouldn't that be the the end of it? Right? No, because no was never an option. The only way you see that next step is because no was never an option. If there's a next step, it's because you weren't allowed to say no. And that was just an illusion, which is pretty clear. And this is why we have the Pfizer CEO going, well, it's going to go around forever. We will continue to see COVID-19 for years upon years to come. Oh, but don't forget, though, that's why they're preparing their booster to treat the newly introduced Omicron variant. Exactly. Why Omicron? You mean the one that's very clearly not dangerous that many experts argue we should let circulate, which, by the way, is also what they're saying in the UK, that maybe we should just let it go around because it's a natural vaccine, right? You can disagree with that, but the point is that there's at least debate. People disagree. So why would we roll out an entirely new thing in a very, 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 very truncated amount of time? A hundred days. No new safety testing. We're making a whole new thing with no safety testing. We're pretending like that makes sense. This is the first test of the platform. They're doing the next step. This will become the way it goes forever if we let this happen. Why would we want something for this? Especially when there's already other variants coming out. They're telling you that right now. There's one in France they told you about a week ago. So let's make this now. There's weirdness around this. Just like we showed you about why is this the one that won't recognize anything else? Why is this the one that was weirdly found with four diplomats in Botswana that they won't talk about? I'm not saying this is proving anything, but those are weird things that won't leave my mind. But the point is, it's going to always be here. So just wait for the next booster and then wait for the next one and the next one as we continue to make them for new variants, which, by the way, is even what the WHO is now arguing we should do, because this was always the plan, just like we told you from the beginning. Now, let me play this again, just in case those didn't see it, need to hear this again. Because this is what they're openly telling you. And this clip, by the way, was from months ago. We're now watching countries like Israel see their cases surge to spark high vaccination rates. How important are boosters to maintaining this no lockdown plan? And how soon we need to get them so that we can maintain these freedoms we're being promised? We need to get used to being vaccinated with COVID vaccines for the future. Um, I can't see that. COVID is not going to be with us forever. Um, maybe in the future we can have even better vaccines and coverage across the world to achieve that. I mean, as a public health doctor, we always want to have diseases go, um, get totally eliminated, but that's not on the horizon in the near future. So booster doses, repeat doses will be part of it. You know, there'll be different advice about different schedules, which doses you get. But at the moment, our priority has to be getting first and second doses into people, and there will be recommendations about booster doses in the future. And I can assure you that the Commonwealth Government has produced, has purchased a large quantities of vaccine into 2022, and this will be a regular cycle of vaccination and revaccination. And revaccination. The point here is don't miss the point that she said and she stopped and corrected herself as she started to say, you know, and a regimen of, of which boosters to get, which boosters? Is there more than one booster? Well, don't forget, there's two ways you could take that. That was at a time when there was only one booster. So she's either admitting there's going to be more than one, or this makes a very alarming picture about how you might have multiple boosters for multiple variants and that you have to take different ones depending on what they tell you you have. Think about the control that gives them. I've already seen that discussed in different articles. Here is what the CEO, Ezra Levant, posted this of the of Moderna is telling you, right? He's open. This is, and again, in a meeting, 
of the World Economic Forum, of course, because you know Bloomberg and the World Economic Forum, World Economic Forum, they're the ones deciding your future, right? Because that's what continues to be hap- happen if we see these groups of pharmaceutical company companies with massive public-private partnerships and and international organizations collecting and discussing what your future will be, and then that's what happens. Even though we didn't elect these people, even though there's no, I mean, make sure you don't miss that. Here is what they're telling you is going to be your future, and it's exactly what we warned you about. I tell you is from the, the vaccine maker standpoint, what we are first very happy is that with such a, a change with Omicron and variants like Omicron, that the vaccines are holding very well. And uh, the third dose are proven to be very important. I mean, that's not even true. Well, isn't that crazy? They're, they're holding really well. I mean, literally everything shows you that's not true. Everything, including Israel's most recent study recently, like as the last couple of days. But, you know, not they, they just this is all about them and their agenda. Right. He needs to put forward confidence so that people believe it, even though I don't know why in the world you would believe a pharmaceutical CEO about anything they have to say. It's amazing where we are today. What we're doing right now is to prepare for what should the vaccine be uh, in the fall of 2022 and what should it contain? Uh- what should it be in the fall of 2022? And what will it contain? Like, understand, this is Moderna. So we're not even considering the Pfizer version, which they're already making an Omicron variant. So this is the point. You're going to have multiple variants with multiple injections. Like, this is your new future regimen. And you will have, you'll, we will lose control of this immediately. Passports and different vaccines and all this different stuff. Oh, well, you have different symptoms because it's a different variant. This gets crazy out of control. Uh, and all experts are working with public health experts like Dr. Fauci's team to figure this out. Because soon we're going to have to decide what goes into a vaccine for a fall of 22. What's interesting right there, by the way, is that he talks about the public health experts working with the teams of the public health experts to decide what we should be doing. Well, don't forget. This is an important one to never forget. This is a WHO archive from 2011 that specifically says that's the last thing we should be doing. The repeated pandemic health scares caused by H5N1 and H1N1. Which, by the way, the H1N1 swine flu, they still point back to you as a complete, as a scare, as a pandemic that we should learn from. Well, here's the WHO literally calling it part of a culture of fear. Not real. Telling you that the precautionary stocking of largely useless antivirals and irrational vaccination policies, basically telling you that in both pandemics of fear, the exaggerated claims of severe public health threats stem primarily from disease advocacy by influenza experts like Dr. Fauci. Or Fauci. And of course, it goes on to say the same thing. The, the highly competitive market of health governance and the struggle for attention, budgets, and grants is fierce. The pharmaceutical industry and the media only reacted to this welcome boon. This is a WHO, for those that haven't seen this. Not that long ago. The main point, disease experts wish to capture public attention and sway resource allocation decisions in favor of the disease of their interest. Right? We've gotten to a place now where Americans have been ridiculously manipulated into thinking that people like Fauci are intentional fighting for you and they care about you. No, this is the, the world calling out people like Fauci and saying you guys are lying to get money. You guys are lying about this and hiding and scaring people to do what. Yet here we are. I mean, it's pretty incredible to me that we can't remember this stuff, but back to what he was saying. The other piece we are doing, of course, because soon we're going to prepare for what should the vaccine be uh, in the fall of 2022 and what should it contain. Uh, And our experts are working with public health experts like Dr. Fauci's team to figure this out, because soon we're going to have to decide 
what goes into the vaccine for fall of 22. The other piece we are doing, of course, is around manufacturing capacity. Uh, you know, in 2021, we shipped 807 million doses. We're very proud that around 25% went to middle-income and low-income countries. And we're continuing to ramp up. We have a lot of capacity coming online in, in Q1 this quarter, with a goal to be able to make two to three billion doses for this year. Uh, and the other piece we're working on is for 2023, is how do we make it possible from a societal standpoint that people want to be vaccinated? And we're trying to do this by preparing combinations. You know, we're working on the flu vaccine, we're working on the RSV vaccine. Exactly. The combinations. Now, hold on. I knew I was going to do that. There's a part I wanted to hear in here. Percent went to middle-income and low-income countries, and we're continuing to ramp up. We have a lot of capacity coming ah, That's on. right. That's right. So we said 2 billion doses next year. I mean, think about this is one of the companies. We have Pfizer making them as well. 2 billion. Right? Do you realize how, if we're, if we're talking... 340 something mil, three, over 340 million people in this country. Let's recognize how many they're producing. And that clearly shows you this is, I mean, for crying out loud, these groups, these countries, governments, including the United States, have contracts where they have to use this stuff. Have to. Otherwise, they're going to, they're going to take, they're going to take the hit. So are we going to pretend that they're going to get this and not use it? So this is a guarantee when they're seeing, that's just why they have so many, why they're throwing them away because they have to buy them. Then they're incentivized to use them anyway. None of this is about your health. And I can't believe we are still pretending this is about health. Online in, in Q1 this quarter, we have a goal to be able to make two to three billion doses for this year. Two to three billion. Uh, and the World other around, we're working guys. on is for World around. 2023 is how do we make it possible from a societal standpoint that people want to be preparing combinations. You know, we're working on the flu vaccine. We're working on the RSV vaccine. And our goal is to be able to have a single annual booster so that we don't have compliance issues where people don't want to get two to three shots a winter, but they get one dose where they get, you know, a booster for Corona and a booster for flu and RSV to make sure that people get their vaccine. Right. So two, oh, two, to, two to three, right? So he's talking about multiple shots already during the winter, flu, that flu you know, Corona, you know, whatever else. And he's really, he's very clearly telling you this. This is a universal goal. And we've been, this goal has been there from the beginning. They tried this with flu before mRNA didn't work. They tried multiple mRNA platform coronavirus injections before, and they continually fail. All of them with too high adverse events because of the lipid nanoparticle level, which by the way is, is increased to be able to make the mRNA work today. And again, nobody addresses why that level is not very dangerous to people. It is, in fact, very clearly. And we're watching that happen. They're just hiding it from you. But the universal injection has always been the plan. This is driving that in. You know, as a public health person, I would think that the goal that I would see to really stabilize the system and therefore make it less of a crisis issue when you get to have a pandemic uh, flu, which we know will, will again occur as was predicted, uh, even though they're rare events, they do occur, is to get as many people vaccinated as possible. And, and what we foresee in the future is that influenza vaccine will be something that is essentially a routine vaccination for everyone. And if we then transition that into the universal vaccine, then you may only have to do that every couple of years and get people protected not only from seasonal flu, but from pandemic flu. In my mind, that's the end game. 
And that's good for the companies, too, because they're going to know and predict that every year the vast majority of the American population is going to get vaccinated, not having to guess will they or will they not this year or next year. Hmm. Pretty crazy. I mean, we even pointed to like Scott, Scott Lebb and plenty of others talking about this before 2020, right before this started, and how the, trans, the, the clear crossover between what they're doing now and what they were trying to do before is unbelievably obvious. Now, you can argue that it's just because it's in our best interest, but you cannot miss that this is an invested interest that was there before this started and is just being pushed in because of what we're currently dealing with. It does not necessarily mean it's the best thing for you or your health. That's always what we need to ask ourselves. Is this just what's best for them? Well, obviously, I think we can see that the, your health is the last thing that people care about. Here's an interesting thing to start with on the idea of health. As the Babylon Bee points out, stores refusing to sell chicken noodle soup after rumor COVID patients are using it to feel better. <laughs> Such a great title. And as I said in my tweet when I put this out, I said, well, knowing knowing the way things work today in six months, it's probably going to be real. If you don't know, Babylon Bee is a, is a parody site. But I mean, think about how this is exactly what we're seeing today. How dare they feel better using something that's not something that we're told to take? Right? I mean, this is incredible, but jokes aside, there's a very important discussion to be had here. And this is specifically about ivermectin, but as always, and vitamin D3, by the way. But the idea here, guys, is that you should be able to make your own choices based on the information in front of you. If, if, if this is this is the kind of information that is disregarded because the mainstream has already said you're not allowed to talk about this, and feeble, weak minded people will go along with that because they think that's what they're supposed to do. And they even have convinced themselves that is integrity. That is due diligence to blindly regurgitate what they've been told. That's called social engineering. This is a post by some person that I'm not familiar with. Uttar Pradesh, which is in India, it's a, it's a province in India, distributed this to their population. And you can see on the picture, pulse oximeter, ox, oximeter, digital thermometer. It goes on to talk about a lot of things. What's most importantly, multivitamin with zinc, vitamin D3, ivermectin, doxycycline. And they give this is people that were going into quarantine. Then it says, ironically and mysteriously, COVID disappeared from the region at the same time. No Western officials can explain this odd coincidence. Now, what's it? What, he, what I wish they would have been more clear about is they posted this on January 16th. So it almost seems to suggest this just happened, but that's not the point they're making. And I'll show you why. After doing my due diligence on this topic, you'll come to find, and you guys know, we've already talked about this briefly in the beginning, that this has been going on since about May or before in specifically India. Multiple provinces, by the way. So first, here is the first step, and this is for, this is April 25th. For Mint, it says, Uttar Pradesh government issues fresh set of orders to tackle COVID-19. And it goes on to say, COVID patients who are in home isolation, so that's what the people that were isolated, will be provided with a COVID kit, which shall include medicines for seven days. Okay, so very clearly we can establish they were given a kit with medicines. Now you could argue that this picture is fake or whatever, and that's not what they were given. So first, we're just establishing the kit itself. And then going forward to the next article, this one is in May 12th. Here is the Indian Express reporting, May 12th, 2021. Uttar Pradesh government says early use of ivermectin helped to keep positivity and deaths low. Goes on to say, the Uttar Pradesh government has claimed that it was the first state to have introduced a large-scale prophylactic and therapeutic, so both ways. Whether you're just doing it to keep safe or you're already beginning to get sick and you want to use it to stop it, use of ivermectin and added that the drug helped the state to maintain a lower fatality and positivity rate as compared to other states. They're meaning the infection, you know, like when you get tested and 
the positivity rate is how many of the people you test are the percentage that are being told they're sick. So that, that, that's the case rate, fatality rate are bottoming out. It says ivermectin, along with doxycycline, what has introduced as a protocol across the state for both prophylactic as well as treatment purposes. The state, and don't forget for all those that don't know this, there's, mo- here, I'll just grab this one since I didn't do it before. Uh, just that one that I tend to point to because it's just very, one of the clearest ones from Science Direct. A multifaceted drug of Nobel Prize honor distinction with indicated efficacy against COVID-19. And it shows you everything they're saying it's not true. That it has obviously antiviral properties and it always has. They found it a long time ago. It very clearly works to stop the spike protein from coupling. We've talked about this many times, but that's when they pretend there's no evidence. It's all right there. And multiple other peer-reviewed studies, by the way. But it says the state health department introduced ivermectin as a prophylaxis prophylaxis back in May for close contacts of COVID patients, health workers, as well as those for the treatment of patients themselves through a government order on August 6, 2020. It was August after a committee headed to the the director general medical and health services gave it the, the go ahead. And this is August 2020, I mean. In May, June 2020, a team of AGRA led by Dr. An- uh, 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 Anshul Parik administered ivermectin to all of these individuals, team members in the d- d- uh, district on an experimental basis. It was then observed that none of them developed COVID-19 despite being in daily contact with patients who had tested positive for the virus. So just a real world example, but it gets better. So here we have mainstream in, in uh, India reporting Sorry, I kept trying to get that straight. That very clearly ivermectin was used. Now, at this point, you couldn't necessarily connect it with the kit that was being given, right? But you could say, well, they were giving ivermectin. Here is one more point, just to continue to try this to mainstream stuff for those that think that means something. Uttar Pradesh going the last mile in May 7th, same location where they were just reporting. And they're saying right here, those who test positive are quickly isolated and given a medicine kit with advice on disease management. Here's another point from May 11th in a different location. In fact, Goa also administering ivermectin. Just so we can see, this is not just one location. It's across India and a lot of places doing this packet discussion. Some just administering ivermectin drug to specific people in specific need. We saw a huge drop in India in general. Now, before we go to the next part, here is somebody who, who in the beginning, I mean, people, this is somebody who, Dr. John Campbell, who seems like he's coming along with a lot of the things that before he was, he was arguing against. He, in my opinion, seems to be somebody who's just taking information as it comes. But just to point out, he's discussing this exact thing back on September 22nd, home ivermectin based kits in India. Now watch it for yourself. He go, he has all the links. It's all sourced. And he goes through exactly what is being given. And as you can see, Oops, went too far. Oh, dang it. It's going to be helpful. As you can see, you, ivermectin, vitamin C, vit- it's, it's exactly what you're seeing in this picture. Exactly. So I think we've confirmed thus far they're giving kits. We confirmed this is what's in the kits in some places that they're giving. One of them being Goa, which is this place right here. Okay. So that being established, here is something that just changed. So all, all as this whole process, we saw a dramatic, almost ex, almost bottoming out of anything COVID-related after the administration of this stuff. Ivermectin, vitamin D3, a combination of them. So you can't necessarily say it had to be. I believe it was the ivermectin specifically, but all those in conjunction with it, doxycycline, zinc, specifically vitamin D3. Okay, huge bottoming out. Then bringing this into 2022, this location specifically, 
discontinues COVID kits for patients in home isolation. Now, the UT officials, so the, the, the federal government, said the decision has been based, or excuse me, this location said the decision was based, has been taken as per the center's guidelines. And it says the kits included an oxy, oximeter, digital thermometer, face mask, sanitizers, everything that's listed there, and necessary medication. That's what we're talking about. That's the ivermectin. Besides educational material and instructions on medicines of use. And this is confirmed. That's exactly what they're giving. Now it says this, this the distribution of kits was discontinued as per guidelines of the union government, which is the federal government. This, the medicines, ivermectin, D3, whatever else is in there, which were included in the relief kits, have not been included in the treatment protocols this time. Wasn't well, that interesting? So they pulled those things away. As per medical experts, it was learnt that people were consuming medicines even when there was no requirement. Ah, so you mean as a prophylactic, which they don't want. So they were using the ivermectin to keep themselves healthy, and we don't want that. You could argue that's what they said, or that they don't think that's what it would do, and are ignorant to the facts. Either way, they're saying, you took it before we were, t- we're giving you a kit, you were saving this and taking it before you were supposed to. Seriously? It goes on to say, as the Moli and, and uh, other health departments, other locations are still providing the relief kits, some of them still are, residents in this area have expressed disappointment and demanded distribution of, of these essential medicines. So the locations are going, why'd you stop giving us these things? We're getting sick again. Maneuver Singh, a local resident, said that the health department must provide basic medicines so that people can use them in a case of emergency. It's just like we're seeing in the United States. They won't give you anything. They're telling you, you, you get, got COVID, go home and take aspirin, take Tylenol, let us know when you're dying. How is that even possible? There's an endless amount of things you could be doing beforehand to keep yourself healthy, whether before you're sick or as treatment, but they're not doing that. That is the, one of the biggest crimes of all of this. They know that. It says the health department contacted us initially when our conditions were stable. After two days, my mother developed a cough, a high fever. We tried calling helpline numbers, but it remains busy. They can't even get through. So they're taking their medicines. They won't even answer the phone. It says, since we could not step out of the house, otherwise they get arrested or attacked, and there was no one to help us, I had to contact my relatives, who then provided us the medicine. We're talking about the same stuff here. So that just like in the US, people are dealing this behind the scenes, and they're going to make that a crime, I can promise you. And they're saving their lives, but that's against the law. Quote, we have not got any guidelines on replacing the medicines with other drugs, meaning they pulled these out, and didn't put anything in its place. Sound familiar? Even though we are not distributing kits, we are keeping a close watch on the home isolated patients. So we're not giving them anything more. We're just keeping an eye on them. Exactly. For what? To what point? So you can wait until they get sick if that's what's going to happen and then deal with that then and then use that as a factor to pretend like this is a big deal. There's a thousand ways you could stop that from happening. It says, by the way, since most of the patients are asymptomatic. Oh, good God. So on top of that, it's not even really happening, but it says UT administrations say that the distribution of kits are not included in the central treatment protocol. So going forward, this is the point. The federal government, which they call the uh, the uh, union government. I looked this up. There's a couple of different terms they use. Union being one of them, being the federal government right here, has pulled this protocol. So there's still some locations that are doing it. But by and large, you would argue, just like in the United States, when the the government says no longer, most places stop doing it, which you're seeing here. And I have confirmed most places. You have some of them still doing it, lasting out what they have and so on. But by and large, this has discontinued. Why? Because the government told them to. Now, what happened after that? Well, right about May, 
or after May, right? So you can see May, right here, May 5th to August is when they started administering those ivermectin kits. Well, what happened? Everything stopped. Everything. From August to October, all the way until when? Right now, when they stopped using the kits. Now, you could, this is correlation. There could be a lot of other things you could factor in, but it matters. How can we miss that literally nothing was going on, even though they were still acting with all these restrictions and numbers and cases and lockdown, even though nothing was happening? Then the moment, I mean, almost exactly correlated with when they tell people to stop using the kits and they stop giving the kits, we see a spike of cases back to almost the previous high of May. I don't know how you could miss that. But as always, I leave this for you guys to think for yourselves. Research it. Find out what else is going on. Now, to finish, well, actually, two last points. I wanted to talk, this is some restrictions before we get into the pushback, which is happening. We just talked about this. It was a video where we saw all these police walking in, as you can see right here, the bar, where you can see it's something, the wounder, something wounder bar right there, the name right up top, see? Wonder, wounder. Now, this was a great point where I said, if you were, they, they tried to go in and, and the people wouldn't allow it. So they're breaking the rules and they wouldn't allow them in. So they had to leave. And it says, if you resist peacefully in large enough numbers, they will back down. That's the truth. But is this it? But in the US, especially, which this isn't, this is dangerous. I argue in that. I argue for a, there's no moment which these cops wouldn't have lashed out when they thought they were feeling threatened by people close to them. That's what we see in this country, which is totally rationalized, even though that's crazy. But although resisting peacefully in the US has always been dangerous, stand up. So they left. They pushed him back and they left. I wanted to follow up. Here's what happened. They waited. They waited until 1245 in the morning and they went to his home. Why? Because they knew that they would have him controlled because nobody would be there to help him. Good people. What's the arrest for? You're under arrest for breach of public health. Oh, okay. So we just ignore that. You have a warrant? You're under arrest. We don't care what you're saying. Right. You're in a free country, but we don't care about the laws. Do you have a warrant? He said, <laughs> let's, let's, let's keep pretending we live in free countries, guys. Where's your warrant? This one here is too, can Yeah, yes, ma'am. Yes. Oh, I'm warrant. under arrest. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Well, you just need to get some shoes. Can I get changed? Yeah. Where's them? I'm under arrest. All of you? So now she can't, she literally can't change without an officer around her. I don't know. I, I just don't understand how anybody is okay with this. Just grab some shoes then, right? Just wear your nightgown and grab some shoes, you stupid anti-vaxxer, right? These people are crazy. They're so drunk with their own power. Every, I mean, I could point out three or four different things that they're doing right now that could be technically construed as crimes. But who cares though, right? Because these people who are literally not sick are a risk to everybody because they're allowing other people who aren't sick to collect around each other. 
That's what's happening. They're not sick. They're simply unvaccinated. But they're conflating the idea of being unvaccinated with being sick. That is the illusion. You are becoming second-class citizens because you made a choice. That's it. Oh, and don't forget, Queensland Premier turns heads in her navy silk dress with a plunging neckline as she attends Magic Millions on the Gold Coast with her boyfriend, January 15, 2022. That's openly reported in the Daily Mail. In the open reports, and yet he can't have his bar open. We've seen all these reports. Look at the two people in their picture. Are they social distancing? No, not were they wearing masks? Isn't aren't they all supposed to? Yes, but we are literally watching this where they're just accepted. There's an exception. Well, they're the elitists, right? They're in a different class. They've got some special thing going. We don't even question it anymore. Biden gets supposedly in contact with some kind of close person who got sick, and the next day he's out there with no mask, doing talks, shaking hands. I'm not saying he should have to do anything. My point is, why is he forcing everybody else, including your children, while he doesn't have to apply to anything that he's telling you we have to? Because this is crazy. And I don't mean crazy like just the off the hand crazy. I'm talking about this is literally getting to a point to where we are irrational. And we know that. That's not a new point. But that's why this is happening. These people are lost. On the, uh, We haven't followed up on the Djokovic story. It's just incredible to see. Australian government has now argued in court after refusing to let him play, the world's best tennis player, to let him play in the, in the match that he was going to win again, most likely, which even though he's, I think he's won seven of them, I forget what the number was, which, by the way, I promise was political. So at some level, somebody was, was petitioning them to, make, to not let it happen just so they would give them a better chance of winning. I promise that's happening. But it says the court agreed or rather it says agreed and argued in court that letting Djokovic stay risks making him quote an icon of free choice. And the court agreed that this is indeed too risky. We can't let them make their own decisions, guys. See how open we are with this now? But you're in a free country though, as they we can't let you think for yourselves, you stupid anti-vaxxers. A kangaroo court in a banana republic. This is happening everywhere. So they allow him to come in by giving him an exemption and then make him go through all these hoops to then to then deport him. Let's not let's I don't want to pretend for one second that that wasn't something that was done intentionally. You're punishing people in an open fashion for not doing what you want them to do, even though they don't need it, even though they're being put at risk, even though we're watching athletes collapse in real time. Who cares? But the greatest part about it, guys, is as that happens, refunds of the match have now outstripped ticket sales in the Australian Open. Good. That's what you get. And I hope it collapses entirely. And they just, you know, not, I guess the point would be that people still want this to continue, but it's, it's, I hope the people that have financially invested everything in this and are the ones driving the refusal of people like him. I hope they lose everything just like the average person did because they were told they weren't allowed to go to their job or open their doors or refuse an injection because you're the bad people. And this is what I, this is, this is justice in small part because the ones doing this should actually go to jail in my mind for forcing this or allowing this or pretending like this makes them righteous, honest people. But this is what we, this, what does this show you? You're the majority. You are the majority. You 
are the majority. If they literally outstrip, if they have more people refunding than buying because of this guy and the obvious political stance, what does that show you? Most people, at the very least tennis fans, agree with them, agree with you. We need to start seeing this. Now, to finish off in regard to uh, the, the lockdown restriction mindset, this is all leading in a very obvious direction. Now, I, I, I make this, I do larger shows when I dive into this whole topic specifically, and I've got a crazy big one. I don't know if it's going to be tomorrow, next week, next month, but we'll get to one of them. But these points need to always be tied in with the larger vaccine push and everything. It's all leading to the digital platform, to the passports, the infrastructure for the digital ID. Please listen and watch the Catherine Austin Fitz interview I had. She knocks it out of the park. We talk about a lot of really important stuff, the financial part being primary. Thank you to Easy Virtual Assistance for pointing this out. Bill Gates demanding digital immunity proof back at the start of the scandemic, right? Exactly what we're pretending has never been part of this, right? This, this isn't part. We're not hoping and driving in some kind of digital passport. That's never been part of this, except it's always been part of this. In fact, it's been really the whole part. Eventually, what we'll have to have is certificates of who's a recovered person, who's a vaccinated person, because you don't want people moving around the world where you'll have some countries that won't have it under control. Sadly, you don't want to completely block off the ability for those you know, people to go there and come back and move around. People to go there and come back and move around. So eventually there will be sort of this digital uh, immunity proof uh, that, you know, will help facilitate the global reopening up. Very interesting. And the point being is that that last part where he literally says digital ID was edited out of the part that they play, right? Now, the reality here is that this is in the beginning. This is in the beginning of all this, where he told you exactly what ended up happening, just like every other part where they did that, where we're going to need to. So there, we've had previous issues. Right, Ebola over there, which by the way, I'm not saying I even, there's a lot of caveats to all those too, just like we're seeing today that just weren't as, as open, people weren't as open open to the possibility that it was a manipulation. But you know, SARS, MERS, right? Well, did they try to shut down everything then? Did they stop people? Did they force in digital immunity? Well, they sure tried to some degree and we saw them build and build with each one, which suggests they did this the same way. But realize, why is this, why was he acting like this as an absolute? In the beginning, before we even knew this fleshed out, he's telling you this is going to get to a point back then when we didn't even know what was going on, where we're going to need these digital IDs and we're going to have to have digital digital passports to make sure we're not, we can't just let them go from country to country. There's going to be countries over there that don't have it controlled. Oh, you mean like South Africa and Omicron? It's almost like they told you and they knew exactly where this was going to go. The bottom line is from the beginning, the digital ID was the focal point because you do not have all of this. Everything they're building does not exist without the digital ID. That is always the point. And as, uh, oh, wait, oh, wait, how, did I, oh, that's weird. Oh, I missed it. That's weird. It's right there. This is a great tweet from Syrian girl. COVID was COVID all along. Hashtag my gov ID. I agree. As I said, it was always leading here. This was always the point. All of this is being rationalized under a guise of COVID-19. 
but it's not even related to COVID-19 other than the fact that they're going to use the I, the digital ID to make the infrastructure for the, the, the COVID passports. That's it. So we don't necessarily need this other than they want it. And they're going to use it for a thousand of the things other than the injections to the discussions. You see what I mean? So they're pretending like this is absolutely necessary to get what they want done only because that's the only thing we can do. That's not true. That's the only thing we can do within what they want to build. That's why plenty of people even argue in the beginning of all this, why it made sense to rush out in an experimental thing when we have technology we've used before that has worked, at least what they claim. I'm not saying I agree with that, but from a mainstream normie perspective, that's a good argument to make. Why did we do that? Right? Same thing here. Australian government leading the charge, my gov ID, an easy and secure way to prove who you are online. Why is that even what we're trying to do? Because they're desperate to remove anonymity. They can't have that anymore. They need to track what you do and where you go, every movement, every action, every vote. They can't have you taking action without them grading it, social credit, everything. This is obvious, and this is not even a secret. So those out there that are shaking your head right now going, that's so fake, (laughs) which is always somebody, that one troll in the chat, you're refusing to acknowledge their own documentation from the government, from think tanks that have said, this is exactly what we need, and here's where we're going to have it, and this is why we need it. So it's not really fake news when they've been documenting, outlining, and planning for why they make it happen. Digital identity, that's the point. Use it to unlock, guess what? Participating government online services, such as, you know, things that become mandatory in the future where you can't go to work, live your life, get on the bus. You know, everything becomes a government service under a situation where the government controls everything, right? Well, it's like a 100-point ID check, but on your smartphone. Sounds great. Sounds like the absolute last thing I'd ever want. Your government ID is your digital identity and unique to you. Well, here's what they're going to say. Here's what's happening. And it's not used. What is MyGov ID? Let's start with what it isn't. MyGov ID is not the same as your MyGov account. MyGov ID is an app and it lets you prove who you are online so that you can securely access government online services like MyGov for both personal and business matters. It's like the 100-point ID check, but on your smart device. And because it's on your smart device, you can use it when and where you want. To further protect your information, the MyGov ID app uses the security features already built into your device to recognize your fingerprint or your face. And let's not pretend like those being added in a perfectly timed succession leading to this was not absolutely part of the plan. Right? I mean, why would we all... I don't remember people clamoring for I, for facial recognition and fingerprint recognition. They just did that and people just took it in stride. That's the point. You can set up your MyGov ID in three easy steps. One, download the app. Two, enter your personal details. Right. Step two, sign your life over. Including your name, date of birth, and email address. Including. And three, <laughs> verify your identity to increase your identity strength. And here is the first metric, right? So that you sign up and you get a basic strength. And of course, there's going to be ways where you can't get on this certain thing or do this certain action unless your identity strength is medium. Oh, what do you need to do to meet the medium strength? Oh, well, you need to give more personal information. I see. So facial scans and retina, you know, whatever. Give and make sure my passport's on there. Oh, and then you get bumped up a level. Ah, okay. And guess what? That strength, just like your vaccination status, is going to continue to fluctuate based on the new things that they add. So tomorrow, the next day, it's going to be, well, you need to have this many injections. Oh, you need to make sure your carbon exports or your your carbon emissions are less than a certain level. And then you get bumped down to medium or level or whatever. And then you can't get on the bus unless you make sure you check with them on certain things. 
It's never ending. This is what they openly say is the plan. And they only frame it in ways that'll be good for society, which really in their mind, it means good for their control. Tracing your identity strengths better protects your identity and allows you to access more services. MyGovID has three identity strengths, basic, standard, and strong. Once you enter your personal details, you'll have a basic identity strength, which gives you access to limited services. Exactly. To reach a standard identity strength, you'll need to verify identity documents, like your Australian driver's license, your passport, or your Medicare card. So basically, you get no real access at all, right? So, And that's going to fluctuate and change. Basic, and that it, all it is 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 incentivizing you to continue and get comfortable with dumping over your personal information and, you know, ongoing. However, they can continue to increase it. These documents are verified in real time against existing government records. You can also choose to increase your MyGov ID identity strength to strong through a one-off face verification process. The app scans your face to check that you're a real person and the right person. Face verification happens then and there and is only needed at the time you set up your MyGov ID. Okay, so let me ask you this. If that's what's needed to verify that it's really you, why wouldn't that be required for the use? Because it's gamification. They want grading systems and levels and they want you to feel like you're getting better. I'm level three. That's why. They want to gamify the stealing of your personal information and the way that they use it against you. The image captured during this process is checked against existing government records, and it's not used for surveillance. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, that's hilarious. So for easy and secure access to government online services, download and set up the free MyGovID app today. Okay, just making sure we didn't miss that. Did you hear? They're very clear. We're not going to use it for surveillance. Don't worry. We don't lie about things like that because we've never done that before, right? <laughs> it's, just, it's, uh, it's just so dumb to see people that act, oh, they, they said, didn't you watch the little video they made? Because governments don't lie. Like Fran said, we're not going to steal your information and sell it to third parties. Then they steal your information and sell it to third parties. Or Canada says, we're not going to track you using the information. They track you using the information. Israel says, we're not going to follow you using your social contract, social contact tracing information. Then they follow you using the software. I mean, it's just like... For crying out loud, guys, Boris Johnson says, I'm not going to break the rules. And he goes and breaks the rules. And Gavin Newsom says, I'm not going to go do over and over and over. How dumb do we have to be? Now, my point is, I don't think that most of you are dumb. It's only the ones that are dumb enough to think that that makes sense that they point to as the majority. That's not you. The majority is very clear to me today. And it's you. The vast majority of people out there are recognizing we're in a really bad way. And that's why they're rolling back what they're doing. Last point on this before we finish off with the positive, Echo Chamber points out that the Commons Project, the World Economic Forum, and Rockefeller Foundation will be hosting a Smart Health Cards Global Forum tomorrow. And this is as of the October 27th, so it's already happened, by the way. But the point is, it's a Smart Health Cards Global Forum, talking about exactly what they're rolling out under a guise of COVID, but toward not connected. Andy Slavitt from the Biden administration was speaking. Look at what it is. Smart Health Cards and Global Forum. Look at that QR codes and chain. You know, this is exactly what we told you was building. Now they're using it around vaccination, of course, vaccination credential initiative, right? But can you not see the obvious overlap between this and this? 
I mean, it's literally the exact same thing, except this one doesn't say vaccine, the other one does. So what's the difference exactly? Narrative. This has always been the plan. And that's not my opinion, by the way. That's been documented. I mean, for crying out loud, you've got a documentation from Europe in 2018 that says the plan was to have this happen right now, between 2021 and 2022. It's where we are right now. Were they psychic? They pretend that's not even true. You can look it up for me for crying out loud. I hate that I do that. And then I've, <laughs> you know, I'm going to grab it just to include it in case you haven't seen it. Oh, that's the wrong one. There it is. 2018 forward. Commission for common vaccination card passport. 2022. And this is in 2020 to 2021. They were going, we'll never do that. We're not allowed to do that. Passports won't be a thing. We're never going to make it up. Here we are. You know what I mean? As they have this written down as what they will do, they're going, no, that won't happen. That's fake news. Just like Biden did, just like Trump did. They sell you what they want you to hear. As he goes forward, what a surprise. The digital apartheid app is created by the Rockefeller Foundation, who created Operation Lockstep. What a weird scenario, right? It's just so plainly obvious, guys. Paul Meyer from the World Economic Forum will be there as well. It's all obvious. If adopted, this apartheid QR code will end freedom forever and turn your life into a living hell. Now, I mean, it seems extreme, but I happen to agree with that, with the way they're going. Peter Schwartz from the World Economic Forum and the Rockefeller Foundation wrote Lockstep. A scenario which outlined a global pandemic very similar to what we're seeing today. It's exactly what we're dealing with. He currently works as Salesforce Senior Vice President Strategic Planning. Salesforce is a strategic partner of the Health Passport app and will be sponsoring this forum. So somebody who literally outlined the document which said that we would be in lockstep for driving this in in a very alarming way is now on the board that's making the, per, the smart health pass, which is exactly what he outlined in the document that he predicted. What do you know? Along with the Gates Foundation, the World Economic, For- Economic Forum sponsored scenario planning in October 2019. We're talking about event 201. What do you know? It's almost like there's complete planning and coordination to all of this, you know? But I think y'all see it, guys. I think everybody sees it. This... is the rest of the world standing up with you. Demonstrations in Bruges, in Belgium, against the health pass. The government announced this week that it intended to disable the health card for those who did not take the third dose. Exactly. Just like we told you. So people with two doses, grudgingly taking it, thinking they were just doing what they had to do to go back to normal, were never intended to go back to normal. The third dose and the fourth, which who knows, maybe because of Israel, they're going to shift away from that. But this was the plan. We see this happening. And in countries like this right now, Belgium is still going forward. As we're seeing in real time, it's not actually even remotely having an effect. Natural immunity still seems to have lasting, durable, robust for the rest of your life effects, but nobody cares about that. Even though I don't want that to be included in the passports, it should just be you're healthy until you become not sick until proven healthy. But it's still happening. But rise up, guys. Recognize the rest of the world standing up. The Netherlands erupts tonight to stop the COVID law. Look at this. Uh. Wow. I mean, you can go as far as to say that could be millions of people. 
It's kind of hard with the fog, but look at how long that is. Look, that's a huge, massive street, a huge bridge. It goes all the way down that street, all the way around the corner, and all the way across the bridge. That's massive. And of course, as I understand it, the CNN reported this as some fringe protest. Like, it's just so pathetic how they must know they're being dishonest. I mean, how do they not see that? The average person reporting that must be going like, well, are we just lying for good reason? I mean, you guys are compromised, morally compromised. If you're out there pretending it's okay to report this as anything but a massive uprising against what's happening, even if you disagree with them. But you see, they're so feeble in their arguments, they have to just lie because they can't give you that. They can't acknowledge that other people might think what they don't. The world sees this, guys. The world sees this. There's over a thousand protests happening right now in Germany. Right now. A thousand. It doesn't end. People see this, guys. I want you to feel positive about this right now. Whether or not this is a planned rollback, however we're talking about this, I want you to walk away from this today feeling that you made a difference. That people are seeing what you're saying, that they're people that you're seeing what other people are saying, that people are recognizing that we are all on the same page, that the world is not okay with what's happening right now, and that we're pushing back. But the most important thing is not to allow it to just fall back into a state of normalcy. I just cannot stress that enough. We need to capitalize on what we now understand and just drive forward in a nonviolent way as much as possible. Because as this says in Japan, we can't return to normal because the normal we had was precisely the problem. That's the reality, guys. We need to see that this was a terrible change and a terrible dramatic shift into a very bad situation. But where we were before was not what we would have wanted to begin with. In fact, it had been gradually creating a negative situation. So we felt okay driving into this next step. So they've made your life unhappy and negative and sad and sickly for a long time now. The bottom line, though, is that wasn't normal. Not even remotely. We need to build something new. Not necessarily under the narrative of building back better. We need to decide for ourselves individually first how we want to live our lives going forward. Not aligning with some central political mindset. That's ridiculous to me. It's time to think for yourselves and it's time to start realizing that others realize that that is the way we should be going forward. And they're out there protesting for you. Join them. Stand up for yourself and show them that you are not passive, meek, and just able to be driven in by fear. We're better than that. And they are now finally realizing it. Thank you for being here today. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. What if the experts are wrong? What if quarantining the healthy doesn't actually save lives? What if wearing a mask in public is not effective? If you do not have a mask, you cannot ride public transportation, sir. My name is Dr. Jeff Barkey, and I'm here representing thousands of physicians across the country whose voices are being silenced because we don't agree with the mainstream media 
and the experts who are telling us what to do. Everything I've seen in the last nine days, all the things that just don't make sense, the patients I'm seeing in front of me, the lungs I'm trying to improve, have led me to believe that COVID-19 is not this disease and that we are operating under a medical paradigm that is untrue. Never in the history of this great republic have we quarantined the healthy. Never in the history of this great republic have we told churchgoers that it's illegal for you to exercise your First Amendment right to freedom of religion. Never in the history of this country have we been told that you can't go to church because it's not essential, but you can go get an abortion because that's essential. Never before in our country have we let criminals out of jail, but we've told you you can't exercise your Second Amendment right and protect yourself by purchasing a firearm. When liquor stores are deemed essential, but your businesses are deemed non-essential, there's something wrong going on. We called people's utilities this week and made them pay what could have been their last check to us to turn their lights on in a global health pandemic. But you don't care about that. You didn't want to meet. This booklet, the Declaration of Independence and our U.S. Constitution, was never designed to restrain the people. It was designed to restrain the government. We're realizing that the fatality rate of this virus is in the ballpark of a bad seasonal influenza. Do not let your voices be silenced. We will see eventually that this government-imposed cure is going to be worse than the virus itself. But what's happening now is unemployment reaches 20 to 30 million people is those folks are now becoming dependent on the government. And what government dependency causes is a larger, more tyrannical government. We the people want to put our government back in its place. We want a small representative government, not a large tyrannical government. I'm here representing thousands of physicians around the country whose voices must be heard. We've never seen where we quarantine the healthy, where you take those without disease and without symptoms and lock them in your home. So you guys are asking me to leave the store for not wearing a mask when I have a medical condition, even though yours is pulled under your nose. A note that says I don't have to bring a note, and yours isn't even on. Just do whatever you want to do. It's America, right? Listen.
I cannot wear a mask. Get out. Do not let your voices be silenced.